Welcome to an encore presentation of a show that was never in the regular feed to begin with. That's right, this is originally from Patreon. Patreon.com slash Craig and Friends, which is where you should go now to see about being in on the exclusive episodes going forward. But this was originally up on Patreon, and this is three hours of fun, merriment, mirth, and insight. With John Grant, taped in Iceland during my trip a couple years ago. In the glorious wake of the birth of our beautiful son, Peter William Zanderton McNeil, and of course I say our son because of my beloved Ada Zanderton, who you can find at Ada Zanderton Couture or Ada Zanderton on Instagram, and that's A-D-A-Z-A-N-D-I-T-O-N. We've been basking in the glow of parenthood, and also there was a couple trips to the hospital that we'll cover in an upcoming episode. Everything's all good, but you know, you never can tell which way these things are going to go. But I have to say, the NHS is the best, and bless all the nurses who are going on strike to demand fair treatment from the government, because they haven't been getting it. But we're going to cover that in an upcoming episode. For now, you're going to listen to me and John talk about everything under the sun, including quite a few movies. Someone once asked for a breakdown list of the movies mentioned in an episode with John. And that's kind of a tall order. So we'll see what we can do about amending the episode description going forward. What I can tell you about the films mentioned in the show is that get ready for a movie club, at least one, with John in the next couple months because we are going to do a movie club on Looker. If you're not familiar with it, go check it out now. It's available to rent on Amazon Prime. Albert Finney, Susan Day, written and directed by Michael Crichton, who, of course, you know from Westworld, maybe his finest work, Runaway, and also a little thing called Jurassic Park. But Looker in 8081, oh, it's right in my sweet spot, as it is John's, who introduced me to it. And if you want to be in on the movie club in terms of questions, comments, etc., head on over to patreon.com slash craigandfriends, because that's where this show originally aired. And that's where you're going to find a lot of exclusive content now and going forward. So get on over there, check out the new price tiers now, and check out how you can be a pal, a friend, a best friend, and a few other things. I would say and so many more, but there's only about two more. But the possibilities for content? Limitless. John's latest album, The Boy from Michigan, is available now. He has a terrific three-part podcast on storyglass.com, also available on all the podcast apps. What are you waiting for? Dive into the links in the episode description. Head on over to patreon.com slash craigandfriends. Have a good day. And as Ricardo Tubbs would say to his girlfriends on Miami Vice, kiss yourself for me. How's your headphone level? I believe that my headphone level is perfect. Thank you. Oh, terrific. And your mic level sounds good. Do you want to give me a few more words? Well, you know, the thing is, I don't want to give any more words because I'm saving some of them for later. Oh, okay. So the thing is, um, if you give too many words, mm-hmm. I'm feeling like people might get the wrong idea. I think you're right. And I think a word ration is uh, where we should be at these days, especially with the I knew the somebody with a rash. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What kind of rash? General? <laughs> it was just general anesthesia. Oh, I see. What could be done for that then? I think it was root beer floats. Those are very effective. Yeah. New studies have been coming out. They've been using that to treat rashes, depression. The thing with depression, though, you have to have them, I think, bi-hourly. Now, is that every other hour or every two hours? Uh, twice an hour. Oh, twice an hour. Right. <laughs> I always forget, just like with magazines, when they say bi-monthly, I never know if it's coming out next week or in two months. Hey, that's a great point you're making. Welcome to the special uh, edition of Great Points. Just for you hot dog clubbers, we're coming to you from Iceland at uh, 
John Grant's place. That's the truth. That is the truth. I'm sitting here. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. No, I'm here. And I'm nearby. Oh, you're there. I'm over here. Okay, yeah. yeah. See, I get those two mixed up. Well, they're deceptively similar. That's the thing, see. Something cheerful to start us off. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't that nice? Howard Shore. Is this Dead Ringers? Yeah. I was hoping to find maybe the, the brood on here, but it's probably on, because uh, that's so relaxing. It's probably on YouTube, the score. The Brute. The Brute. Yeah, The Brute. Yeah. The that's Cologne. What, that's right. Yeah, well, they had a tie-in. Do you know that there was a tie-in uh, for Brute Cologne and on the film Over the Top, the Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling film? Oh, they had a whole thing. Hang on. Wow. Are you serious? Deadly. I think there was an ad for it. They're two brothers, <laughs> gynecologists who work together. One's named Beverly. That sweater is salmon. <laughs> That's not a scalpel. <laughs> The polo is seafoam green. <laughs> oh, Jeremy Irons. <laughs> For every man who wears Brute, there's a woman who loves what he smells like. There's something about Brute that's nice to be close to, and nobody knows that better than a woman. Honey! <laughs> I was just thinking about you. Brute, it smells like a man. And now, Brute invites you to enter the over-the-top Brute sweepstakes. Win one of ten Brute Dodge 4x4s. Entries where Brute gift sets are sold. You know, I really love what you smell like, but I am going to go ahead and get that telephone. Um, I just noticed that it's continuing to ring, so I'm going to go pick that up. <laughs> yeah, I hate to interrupt yeah. this advertisement. I know you've paid me yeah. a lot of money. I do love the way you smell, though. If you'll excuse me. I just have to get this. I think it's important. It might be I my do broker. Have to get this, yeah. yeah. It could be Digital Matrix mm-hmm. trying to come get me. <laughs> Digital Matrix. <laughs> For those oh. Looker fans out there, we watched Looker this week. Oh, man. We can get into that later or now, or, or maybe never. Um, for the listener <laughs> questions, I'd like to start off with Leah Stevens, who writes, Hey, Craig and John. Well, hey, Leah. Hope you're having an awesome time together in Iceland. I, I think we are, I would have to say. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't even have to think about it like you did, because you're, so, you're hesitating, so you're so unsure. Uh-huh. But see, I do know that we are having a great time. Yeah. Well, she said awesome time. So I've, I was thinking fabulous time. I know oh, that wow. for sure. A lovely time. Absolutely an awesome time. You know what? I'm going to have to say, yeah. Yeah, you're making a great point there. And again, thank you very much. I think my mic, hold on, something on my mic is loose. No, it's not anymore. There we go. <laughs> uh, Leah said John's episode a while back was one of my favorites. Oh, thanks, Leah. And Leah was really hoping this get together would happen because we discussed that on the show. You invited me and you invited Brian to come uh, visit. Yes, yes, that's and, true. Yes, I was surprised that you did it so quickly, and I'm very pleased um, that you did because sometimes these things take years with scheduling conflicts. That's true. That's true. And all that manner all manner of different manners and uh, mayonnaise mayonnaise i I love mayonnaise sure and i've i think i've been very vocal about that in the past very proud about it too yeah (laughs) remember that what was that (laughs) i feel sorry for whoever's sticking their dick in that bag of mayonnaise (laughs) what what was was that that in in reference to (laughs) no we was something we talked about no we saw it in a movie oh god 
Or is that like the toast fucking and I just dreamt it? I know I've heard it before. I'm just trying to remember where. We saw it. Don't you, don't you remember? A couple of days ago, we saw it in one of the movies. What did we watch? So we watched Looker. We watched Shock Treatment. God, I feel really sorry for whoever's sticking their dick in that bag of mayonnaise. Oof. Well, listen. Classic dialogue. Classic dialogue. Was it Woody Allen? It was a John Wayne film, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's it was right. a John Wayne vehicle. It was 51st Dates. That's the film with John Wayne, right? Well, I think you're thinking of um, two... Tales for Sarah's Sister's Mule. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sarah's sister. Sarah Silverman and her mule. Yeah. It's about she when she was smuggling drugs back in the uh, Two Mules and a Sister. Comma Sarah. His name is Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Which comes from the classic scene where he, they order at the restaurant. <laughs> that's two right. Mules and a sister. That's Sarah. Right. That's, that's right. right. That's right. Very similar to five easy pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Serious question first. Because I'm not as digestible. (laughs) So Leah has a serious question first, and she says she hopes this makes sense as it's difficult to articulate. She's a classical musician and finds herself often living in denial of her own creativity purely so she can function, so she can be the super productive, efficient person that people expect her to be. Oh, yeah. She adds, when I feel creative is when I feel hyper-emotional, simultaneously amazing and horrible. John, how do you push yourself creatively and use your creativity to help and not hinder you? Wow, that's a great question, Leah. Um, ooh, that's a tough question. Mm. I mean, you know, there's there's days where you really struggle with being creative. Um, sure. I was actually talking about this yesterday to a group of students, and they were asking about how, um, you know, the writing process and everything. And I was shown this clip. I don't know if I talked about it on your show before, um, but it was from John Cleese talking about the open and closed states of mind. I think we, you may have mentioned it in passing, but I'm not yeah. sure. Or if we talked about it, I'm not sure. Okay, well, this has nothing to do with that. Oh, terrific. Good. I was hoping not. But it is the John same. Cleese just goes on and on. Yeah. It is exactly the same uh, thing that I am referring to, though. Okay. So um, it's nothing to do with it, but it's exactly the same thing. It is the exact same issue uh, or exact same program that I am referring to. Sure. Well, it's good to clarify. Yeah. And um, the thing is, you're walking this tightrope between vulnerability which Leah's talking about, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, the ability to function and sort of, you have to, you have up your defenses so that you don't let everything in from the world. Right. I think self-awareness is, um, is the, the most important thing here. Getting to the point where you know where you're at, it's okay to not be creative as well when you're (laughs) feeling too vulnerable. Sure. Or if it's, if it's just, you know, you don't have to do it all the time. You, you can sort of choose to just open up that spigot. Oh, yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think some... Or is it spigot? You're the language expert. What country would they say spigot? Well, I know it's an Armenian word. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if they use the French pronunciation or the Macedonian one. Mm. But let's go just go with spigot for now. And, sure. Because, you know, that creativity is always there, so you can sort of choose to um, acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. and acknowledge all the possibilities that are coming at you. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question well, but I think... I think you are, yeah. It is, it is quite difficult to be in that vulnerable state because, you know, you're, you're not filtering things in and out, mm-hmm. which is, I think, during the songwriting process, why I always talk about it as a distillation process of, you know, distilling something down to its essential elements, mm-hmm. which I think is a really important thing to do. Sure. Um, so, like, whittling down... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a bar of soap, say if you're on an island, like sure. Gilligan's Island. Of course, yeah, this fabulous island, yeah, um, great resort. And great soap whittling mm-hmm. exhibitions and 
competitions. Oh yeah, the, the the finest uh, exhibition centers as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, for the lack of all the other amenities, they really have a tremendous amount of uh, soap on hand. Yeah, which is nice. Like in that movie, um, whatever happened to Anne Alice? Exactly like that. Yeah. Closets and closets stuffed with the stuff. Yeah, and I think it's a metaphor for something else. But I do know that Natalie Schaefer had one of the largest collections of uh, soap on the island. Oh, okay. As mm-hmm. Mrs. Howell. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah I don't well, remember. Because they did have to shoot there, so she needed, you know, something to yeah. do. So soap wheeling yeah. was a sort of behind-the-scenes activity. I don't know if that's another dream I had or uh-huh. whether that was actually the case, but I do believe that it was actually the case. Sure. I mean, it sounds like something that... It sounds pretty believable to me. Thank you. Thank you. Certainly. Certainly. Appreciate it's my pleasure. That. Thank you. So we were talking about the soap wheeling process as it relates to songwriting. And right. so when you want to turn the spigot on or off... How much of a conscious decision do you have to make for that? Or do you find it just happening? I think you sort of get into a groove because sometimes you can be like, why am I not doing anything right now? Or I should Mm -hmm. be doing this and I should be doing this right now. Or I should be doing this all the time. You know, if it's something that you do full time for a living, I think it's, um, you know, you can go into the studio and spend the whole day in there and then you you go in and out of that state, you know? Yeah. And and I guess it's it's probably just a subconscious thing that happens, Mm -hmm. you know? I think it's good to accept that, you know, not everything you do that, you know, during the course of a day is, I mean, I used to think that you needed to, you know, poop out a masterpiece um, every time you sat down to write a song. Otherwise, you're not a songwriter. Right. You know, and that's just not the case. People work on things and they throw lots of things away and they, you know, you go through sometimes long processes, although some things do just fall out, fall out. But then you have a little net there to catch it so it doesn't go into the water. Oh, which is good. Yeah. So there's a lot of nets in the studio. There's a lot of nets. You know, like the those uh, fish nets that were so popular at uh, Red Lobster? Oh, absolutely. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Legendary. I used to have those hanging up in my room with, you know, assorted lights. Uh-huh. Blue. Sure. Sorted lights. Sorted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you need Red, that. in other words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> certainly. Well, red, blue. Get the, that nice yeah, nightlife look. Yeah. What about a decent purple? Ooh. Hmm. Since so you get a little balance in between. Yeah. Easy on the eye. Mm. Yeah. Very. Very. Purple. I do prefer a lavender cream, but. Sure. Well, I like a dusty rose. Boy. <laughs> so did someone else, right? Oh, yeah. While filming Looker. Absolutely. Someone was very, very taken with dusty rose. I think, <laughs> was one of Finney's suits possibly dusty rose? I mean, there was a. His whole apartment seemed to be. I don't know. That could have been um, a spill off. Overspill, <laughs> some kind of uh, unintentional yeah. uh, blanketing. That's uh, the movie with that's Emilio Estevez, right? Overspill, Maximum Overspill. That's right. Directed by Stephen King, from a novel by Cheech Marin. <laughs> 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 wow, I love that one. That the novel, especially well, the yeah. novel. You can't really touch the novel. The film's good. The film's great, but Stephen the King couldn't really good. interpret the work of someone else like that that well you know no he couldn't no wasn't able to i don't think he wanted to Mm-mm. Mm. could have been the listerine he was drinking on set <laughs> <laughs> um, he's no betty buckley though <laughs> now she could handle her listerine thank you yeah certainly so when and you'll see what i mean in an upcoming episode of getting on oh i'm looking forward to that so getting on an hbo series that john turned me on to starring laurie metcalf and who was the other actress that you mentioned niecy nash yeah fantastic amazing really really great and the the woman who plays Don Forchette, mm-hmm. um, she was on Mad TV. Oh, she was. She, was she looked main. familiar, and I couldn't yeah. place her. Yeah. And um, please forgive me, precious woman, but I can't remember your name right now. I was napping. That's true. We did just have a nap after this fabulous meal at Cuckoo's Nest. Yes. 
incredible meal. One of the best places to go in Iceland. And there's been a lot of fabulous food, I have to say. There's a lot of great food here. There really is an amazing coffee. Really, really good coffee. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, we were talking about how they don't even need no Starbucks up in here. No, they couldn't get one in there if they tried. No, they could, they could try and push it through, but you'd have to put some butter on it. A lot, I think. To get it through. I would think a lot. Yeah. 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 After the songwriting process and then you're working on a record, as, do you find that that holds true as well, that some days are diamonds and some days are turds, as it says in the country song? Diamonds and turds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the John Baez song. Yeah. Okay, not the Prince. No, no, okay. no, no. With uh, Rosie Gaines. Oh, ooh. Amazing. Very good, yeah. Yeah. Um, what a voice uh, she's got. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's lots of turds and... And, you know, the diamonds, sometimes you have to dig around in those, in that material sure. <laughs> to dig those yeah. diamond pearls out. Yeah, sometimes in that organic matter. That organic matter. There's a, a jewel hiding there. There's a jewel hiding there. Yeah, sometimes you got to fish through a whole bunch of uh, overdubs <laughs> just to get to it. That's right. <laughs> and then she has a silly question for us. Okay, excellent. Which we, I guess we can tolerate a silly question or uh, yeah, a momentary bit of silliness on the show. We can sort of get into well, it. answering that last question was very um, difficult for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a little levity might help to lighten the mood. Sure, sure. I'll skip it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep you down there in the yeah. dungeon, shall well, we? Well, Emotionally. Why, yeah, yeah, why not? Right? It's better yeah. for the show. Anything for the show, John. Anything <laughs> right? for the show. Um, did we learn nothing from shock treatment? So, oh, was that heaven? Isn't that a fabulous movie? So happy to show Thank it to you. Thank you for introducing that. I was so happy me. to watch it with you. Thank you for introducing us. Me too. It. Hmm. Um, I hadn't seen that, and I don't know why. I've heard of it, heard about it for years, and just sort of wasn't sure. I think maybe scared by you know the connection to Rocky Horror Picture Show, thinking mm -hmm. how could they possibly you know because it's billed as a sequel a lot of times. Yeah, I really couldn't. I couldn't believe how great it is. It's an amazing piece of work isn't it wonderful and the blu-ray looks incredible it's, it's perfect yeah it really is it really is and the songs are incredible i did love the the third uh installment though the thing with mickey rourke angel heart oh yeah no that was great uh, but i guess the songs got cut out later in post-production or something like that oh no no wait robert de niro has that fabulous no, song the songs are in oh, i forgot it's been a long time since i saw it 80 i think i mean I the think. whole thing is practically it's wall to wall it's lousy with songs that thing <laughs> positively is filthy with the Filthy. songs De Niro has that beautiful uh, solo number yeah. yeah yeah they call it one it's one of the first triple x musicals oh yeah that's right because there's the first that, new that refers to the density of 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 music in the that's right it's full fat full density it is yeah, yeah. well in 1989 they weren't really doing uh skim but they are putting out their own brand of sour cream now Whew. that's a relief yeah, yeah that's yeah. a relief did you ever see I'll do anything the movie with Albert Brooks directed by James Bridges and Nick Nolte's in it as well. Wow. And it was originally a musical. Some songs written by Prince. You're making this up. I swear to God, I am. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I will look it up now. It made it to test screenings. From a novel by Richard Simmons, I suppose. <laughs> well, he wrote the classics, you know, so if you're going to adapt, adapt from the best, certainly. Uh -huh. well, it was a 450 page You're making a hell of a lot of sense right now. <laughs> you ever heard Richard Simmons' singing album? No. Well, you're in for a treat. We're going to get to that right after we get to this. I'll Do Anything, I believe, had songs written by Prince, and they were cut out, and all the characters sang. It was one of the musicals, the style of musical, rather, where it didn't really matter if they were singers. It just, you're going to sing. Right. Which I like in Tommy. Uh, Oliver Reed is one of my favorite non-singer singers. 
I need to rewatch that. I haven't seen that in a really long time. I was, I got what they call spiritual gas from that big bean scene. Oh, sure. That, mm-hmm. And which has continued up till the present. <laughs> and, um, you so don't want to aggravate the condition. No. And I'm, I just feel like circling back to that. Yeah. Could exacerbate the syndrome. Sure. Certainly. Yeah. You don't want an exacerbated syndrome. Mm-mm. Now, what you could do is maybe get the equivalent of the films that are edited for content that uh, are distributed in heavily religious areas. Uh, Some blockbusters used to do this and just have that scene excised. Uh Aha, like a carbuncle. Okay. Or as we say in Spanish, carbunculo. Simon and Carbuncle. (laughs) 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 Wow. I love that show they had, the cop show where they play brothers. So, so good. Simone and Simone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. A classic French so comedy. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Jacques Tati, I believe. In I the original. So. Yeah. 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 Absolutely right. Yeah. And uh, I think the score was by, um, what's that guy's name? Charo. <laughs> that's right. But that's, yeah, a woman. <laughs> that old fella. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. I'll Do Anything was conceived and filmed by James L. Brooks as an old-fashioned movie musical and parody of Hollywood lifestyles and movie cliches, costing $40 million. It featured songs by Carole King, Prince, and Sinead O'Connor, among others, with choreography (laughs) by... Wait a minute. (laughs) You know what? I wish you weren't making this up, because your improv is incredible, but there's no way you're reading that from your phone. Yeah, look, I just have a picture of a dog. You see that? You oh see my that? God. That is a beautiful paint by number though. Isn't it? Yeah. Thank it you. Uh, well, it's not a patch on yours, by the way, the ones that you showed me, the collection you have. I stopped using those fentanyl patches a long time ago. I don't know what you're referring to. Oh, I found a few things in the guest room, but that's okay. That's all right. That's all right. What do you mean by patch? Um, patches, you know, that, that, you know, you, you know, that song, <sighs> the guy who, that guy that we saw who, who, who can't grow beard, right? Yeah. But he keeps trying <laughs> and we call him patches. <laughs> yeah. We keep, he's so sweet. <laughs> We're like, good for you, Patches. You keep at it. <laughs> good for you, Patches. <laughs> good for you, Patches. Patches used to hang out with old Buttershoes. Um, oh, Buttershoes. My goodness. <laughs> I was born and raised down in Alabama on a farm way back up in the woods. I was so ragged that folks used to call me Patches. Papa used to tease me about it because deep down inside he was hurt because he'd done all he could. My papa was a great old man. I can see him with a shovel in his hand. See, education he never had. He did wonders when the times got bad. The little money from the crops he raised. God, I love Cher's voice. <laughs> She's really amazing. You know, that vibrato is unmistakably. Exactly. I'm glad she did this collection of ABBA covers. Yeah. Oh, is this from that? Wow. Yeah, uh, Benny sang it on the original record. The name of the game. Uh, the name of the game. Uh, I'm getting here, right? Name of the game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I wanna know Knowing the name. The name of the game. Knowing the name of the game. Yeah. When I kissed the teacher. Well, it's sort of a medley, I guess. It's a, yeah, it's a medley. Yeah. I think it was what they used to sell the album. It was like two for the price of one. I don't think he's singing what I'm hearing, though. Huh. You think it's in the horn section? I wonder what happens to Patches. Do you want to hear what happens to Patches? Well, should we leave it to the later part of the show? Yeah. I'm dependent on you, son. I'm dependent on you. I've tried to do my best. It's up to you. 
It's about family business. I'm. Then one day a strong rain came and washed all the crops away. And at the age of 13, I, I thought I was carrying the weight of the whole world on my shoulders. Well, the weight of the world on my shoulders. Doesn't have the gift of language, I guess. Because yeah. <laughs> every day I had to work the fields. Cause that's the only way we got our meals. See, I was the oldest of the family, and everybody else depended on me. Oof. Every mm. night I heard my mama pray, Lord, give him strength to make another day. So years have passed, and all the kids are grown. They just took mama to a brand new home. Lord knows, people, I shed in tears, but my daddy's voice kept me through the years, saying, "Patches, I'm depending." So this is that Richard Simmons album I was telling you (laughs) I mean Richard Simmons is Everyone needs that man in their life Absolutely He's one of the finest soul singers That there's ever been And just one of the finest souls Oh certainly Certainly Well that's Patches Coming at you live from on tape from Iceland with John Grant and Craig McNeil on the Wimsley Volatile Hot Dog Club only episode. Oh, Patches is playing again. Gonna have a wow. welcome to Patches Radio. What is this from again? Uh, Clarence Carter, I think is his name. Yeah, Clarence Carter. The album, I think it's from an album called Patches. Oh, and now we're gonna hear a little Richard Simmons. The Hot Dog Club has heard a little bit of Richard Simmons before, and we'll get back to James Bridges' "I'll Do Anything" film in just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Will we? Well. <laughs> Good morning. Boy, am I going to wake you up. Now listen, are you ready to bust your chops? Now come on. You know this is really the I think best I'll let you do that for me. your day. And you need this time to take care of you. Now don't think about anything else but getting that body in shape because you deserve it. Now hold the stomach in. Come on. Give me some good posture. Hold your head up high. We're doing this, by the way, buns. as he says it. Get ready because yeah. this I just threw my back out again. <laughs> the bass on this is devastating. Right? You're getting all the cues. Um, Listen, I'm dancing along. I know this song intimately. Yeah. I've okay. given this as birthday gifts to people. Uh, Have oh you yeah. really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I know somebody who's got a birthday right around the corner. Oh, that's right. That's right. I think that person might just be getting this album on vinyl. In addition to maybe a couple other delightful treats. Wow, I wish I was that person. Whoever they are. Yeah, no, I don't think you know them. <laughs> My therapist has mentioned that on several occasions. <laughs> now, yeah. your uh, birthday is July 25th? Why, yes, it does happen to be. Well, check that out, Hot Dog Club. So send your birthday wishes over to John Grant. Uh, would you like to hear anything else? Maybe later in the show. Maybe later in the show. We'll, we'll dip back in. Because the thing about his music is that the intensity is so intense yeah. that uh, it takes a lot out of you. That's the thing. Even if you're not dancing along with them, you're just sitting there working through it. You know, that reminds me that somebody um, pointed out to me recently that mm-hmm. they, uh, speaking of intense. Sure. As you, your music's been described, yes. Oh, thank you. Uh, I think 
um, <laughs> criminal intent, law and order criminal intent, oh, yeah. was translated in the newspaper here as in a tent. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, no, I remember <laughs> that series. That was amazing because it was all at campsites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vince, yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio reprising his role from... Full Metal oh, Jacket. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And then the, the, the you know, the, the sound of the ripping canvas and the... Uh-huh. Sure. You know, the screams of the... I, you know of the the bean scene like just like in blazing sadels basing blazing sadels basil sadels yeah basil <laughs> basil cell so pulled the door squeamish yeah oh yeah so, okay. um, hmm. i don't remember yeah what we're talking about oh who knows i'll, <laughs> I'll do anything uh so let's get back to that so this is a real film featured songs by carol king prince and sinead o'connor and was choreographed by Twyla Tharp. <laughs> when preview audiences, like, I wish on. I wish our viewers, I, I wish our viewers could see my face. I wish, I wish our viewers could hear my face right I, now. <laughs> I wish our viewers could see me try to struggle with this Wikipedia entry that says when preview audience reactions to the music were overwhelmingly. I say I, I guess it's actually proper when preview audience reactions to the music were overwhelmingly negative. All production numbers for the film were cut, and Brooks wrote several new scenes, filming them over three days. That's a good thing to do when you're going to patch a forty million dollar film. That's what Orson Welles would do, right? He would just redo everything in three days. Uh, wow. Brooks noted, something like this not only tries one's soul, it threatens one's soul. Really? Yeah. Surprising. Hmm. I conceive the story as a musical because musicals have a heightened sense of reality. Through song, you can get closer to the truth. But even before I had any music I believed, I had a complete script. I wrote it like any script. As far as the music was concerned, I only knew where I wanted to... My headphones keep falling off. Headphones keep falling off. I think I I think the water here is making your hair very very silky. I think you're right. And you know headphones, Mm -hmm. the way they just sort of slide off of silk. You've seen that? I have in the movies. You know? Yeah. Oh, just like yeah, just like in those classic films about DJs like FM or Times Square, they slide right off. You thought those satin headbands? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The, which people used to think were helpful for headphones, but really they just kept sliding off. That's why Keith Moon would tape them to his head. Mm-hmm. He just used a good old that, that tape. pink hair tape, that that pink uh, hair setting tape. Yes. Oh that, yeah, yeah. That, you know that you used to put over that curl right under your uh-huh. ear. That's right. In the seventies. Yeah. yeah. And now. And now. earlier this afternoon. Sure. Yeah. Right. Well, because I thought we're going to be wearing headphones, but anyway, <laughs> I guess it's moot because the whole head is just a mess of silk now. Yeah. So you basically, it looks like your head head is covered with silkworms. <laughs> Just thank lousy you. with silkworms. Well, I thank, had ears. No, thank you. That's the look yeah. I've been going for for a while. But I needed the Iceland water to really put me over the edge. <laughs> Very hard water in California. Okay, so what does that do to your hair? I think it desilkens it. I see. It becomes very porous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More like a cotton wool. Uh-huh. Uh, back to the listener questions. One episode, Brian and I answered three whole questions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, I was impressed with us too. Now, Leah had a silly question. Remember Leah? She started the episode <laughs> That's off. Right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> so Craig and John, if you had to cast yourselves and friends of yours in Rocky Horror, who would be who? 
Good Lord. Hmm. If I, you know what, Leah, I'd love to answer that if I were able to remember any of the characters from that film. Yeah. But I can't. That's fine. You know what? We can revisit that some other time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. My brother would be Riff Raff. Mm -hmm. My mother used to make clothes for people. So her, she had this customer named Bertha Runklewitch. And I think she would be in the role of, um, I'm a big fan of Bertha. Of Janet. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She's incredible. That movie with Barbara Hershey, but she was in the Runklewitch experiment. Uh huh. Three didn't know it was the condor. Oh, Bertha's condor. I think it's called. (laughs) No, Bertha buys a condo. Oh, right, right, wait. No, the Runkowitch condo scheme. Was that it? That was a mini series, I believe. That was a mini series. And then there was uh No 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 Boxcar Runkowitch. Ah, that's now you're really getting down to the The brass tax. The of bag it all? of mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah. that's Yeah, I'm you just grab that, on it. Grab that mayonnaise, that bag of mayonnaise. Yeah. Off the carousel. Yes, yeah, certainly. And just run with it. Mm-hmm. I'm snatching that off the lazy Susan. And I'm like the breeze. <laughs> the lazy Susan. Oh, man. So I love I'm going to go. Some lazy Susan. Oh, and I, that's who I'd cast in the role of Janet. And who was, who was Patty, Le, uh, Patty LaBelle? LaBelle? <laughs> Patty LaQuinn? Who was she in? What was the, what Patty, was the name of her? So Patty LaBelle played Frankenfurter, of course. Uh, right. So Patricia Quinn. The fabulous, the stunning Patricia Quinn played uh, Columbia. No, yes, no, That's no, correct. no, no. Magenta. It was Magenta. 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 Yeah, in Rocky Horror, yeah, yeah. and she was the one of the two doctors in Shock Treatment. My sister would. My sister would play Magenta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan, and then uh, my eldest brother Jim would be in the role of the mechanic Eddie. Was there a mechanic? Well, in the film? sort of. He was a greaser biker. Yeah, let's yeah, have so him be Eddie, him. Eddie, yeah. Wow. That was a stab in the dark. Yeah, but was you drew kinda... blood, so hey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> poor donkey. Yeah, poor devil. Yeah, uh, poor burrow. Devil donkey. Again, another <laughs> classic right. Patty LaBelle film. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That There's is some... a classic. <laughs> it is. Yeah, the yeah. songs in that were uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Devil donkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that scene where they're in the... Um, in the flower shop and she gets caught up in that burrow's tail and that song just comes that song she yeah that song just oh, comes God. flying out of her comes flying out of her yeah and you can really feel the aggravation yeah <laughs> you can you can just you can really feel how they they were really you know not working with the script at that point <laughs> it was all very real very very real yeah because yeah. you can't control those animals very well uh, no <laughs> not in a budget like that and not in a flower shop certainly not uh-uh. mm-hmm. stina albrickson wrote what a coincidence i just re-listened to the john grant episode this morning well oh wow that's nice Greetings to you both from a sort of queen of Denmark. Winky face. Stina lives in Denmark. Oh, nice. And Stina was wondering, John, have you ever been to Denmark? If so, what was your experience here? I've been to Denmark on several occasions, and I always have a great experience because I get to listen to Danish, um, the beautiful language of Danish, which I'm a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. These students that I talked to yesterday were all from Denmark. Oh, right. And so I spent a lot of time talking about how much I love the language and, you know, just the the very puzzled you know like the whole group was like a german shepherd hearing a weird noise when i said that you know because nobody can believe that that's true but it is a very very cool interesting language it's not like um, french where people are like oh it's such a beautiful language or something like that no people don't don't usually react that way to danish but um um, i feel that way about dutch too Mm -hmm. um very interesting um you are very interesting no 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 oh yes this is true okay 
um, I'm just going to go ahead and say thank you and continue on, um, even though I'm scared. Um, you know, just feel the fear and do it anyway. That's right. Move through it. Yeah. Move, move through, through it. it. If you're going through hell, keep, keep going. going. The only way That's out right. is through. That's right. <laughs> wow. So anyway, you were saying, and they were a little shocked. That doesn't apply to the bedroom, though. No. Um, <laughs> although a lot of people do seem to think it does. Well, yeah, 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 that's <laughs> From what true. I can tell. Yeah, their technique and the approach, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Danish language, I love that. So whenever I'm, in, in, whenever I'm in Denmark, I just feel very relaxed because I get to hear that beautiful language. But it's also a very beautiful country, and the food is delicious, and the people are lovely. So, yeah, Stina, I always have, I've had um, nothing but great experiences, and there's such beautiful architecture as well. I've played in the Club Vega in Copenhagen. Uh-huh several times and it's one of the most it's a it's actually a landmark uh, building mm -hmm. it's so beautiful I, i believe it's um i don't know whether you could call it art deco i think it is art deco mm -hmm. but it's got the most incredible woodwork in it and like molding around the ceilings mm -hmm. and doors and i think it is actually um art deco which is my favorite thing mm -hmm. you're very into design I am very into design. Um, that's not really something you can tell by moving through my space here, but... Um, I, I wouldn't I, say that's true. I you think know, you, you're, be, you can tell, I mean, just a quick scan of your bookshelves and the um, items you've collected. I guess, you, yeah, you can tell that I'm, yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not actually living it, but I am really into it. <laughs> sure, you don't have a draft table out. You're not, you know, plotting uh, blueprints for anything, sure. Yeah, I'm not... But... I'm not remodeling the Union Trust building in downtown Detroit anytime soon. But, at least not officially. But I like to go in it and look at it. Sure. And I have. There you go. There's a really beautiful Scandinavian aesthetic that you see all over the place mm -hmm. in, in places like Copenhagen. And um, it's so beautiful. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big um, Denmark fan, Stina. Thank you for that question. Stina continues with, During your whimsically volatile episode, you talked about your love for movies, but living in Iceland, have you watched any of the Nordic noir TV series that Denmark is quite famous for? Yeah, I have. Um, I can't remember exactly what it is that I've watched. I've watched... Um, BJ and the Bear. BJ and the Bears is one that I've, uh, that I've been heavily influenced by. Oh, sure, certainly. Because it's it's such an immersive experience. It is the impact. Yeah. It's very impactful. And submersive. Mm -hmm. um, the impact is compounded by the uh, evergreen machinations of Greg Evigan. Yeah. <laughs> Gregory Harrison. Yes. Certainly. Yeah. Well, so much has been influenced by Gregory Harrison. Oh, my, my entire childhood, for mm -hmm. example. Yeah. For those of you who want to get a, a taste of Gregory Harrison, check out For Ladies Only. Wow. Wow. Well done. Why, thank you. Yeah. Why haven't we checked that out? That's a good question. Well, you know, that's part of what's been going on. There's so many great movies that we want to watch. I have it right over there on Laserdisc, so I don't know why we're not watching it right now. I didn't know that. And this is the last day of my stay. And somehow, well, they'll have to be next time then. You've got a lot of explaining to do, mister. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sina also mentions that she loves how she can detect a lot of 80s European music style in John's work, which I can as well. And I uh, hmm. quite enjoy that. I actually had the joy of watching you work on some new material the other day okay did you <laughs> i i didn't notice that well you didn't know it was i there. didn't notice this thing called joy uh, oh <laughs> well i also have your studio wired uh, up for cameras and stuff there's uh, surveillance everywhere here now oh wow mm. ever since you arrived well yeah certainly yeah 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 <laughs> 
Yeah, that was actually, that was a lot of fun. I love being in my studio. It's just getting to the place where I can, you know, it's just really coming into its own as a space where I can just go in and start creating immediately. Sure. So that's another thing, Leah, by the way, um, is having a space where you can just mm, click yeah. on the switch and just get going right away. Strangely enough, however, in my space, um, the fuse always gets flipped mm -hmm, like a as soon as I, as soon as I plug in and then oh. I have to go and switch it back on. And that's something that I have to do every time. But then when you switch it back on, it's the same amount of electricity going in there and it doesn't do it the second time. It's very strange. It is very strange. So Leah, it's not accurate to say that I can just flip on a switch and I have to do it twice. Yeah. You have so, to do it twice. So you have to yeah. flick it on and then go adjust the circuit breaker. and then go, you know, flip it, the switch back on <laughs> and then I can go back into the room and begin creating. So yeah, without any it's exhausting, I'm thinking about quitting. <laughs> yeah. That is a lot. You got to leave the room and then come back into the room. And that is a lot. I have to agree. Yeah. I mean, it's like the seventies all over again, except without those uh, really heavy dead rugs that they would have in the studios. Exactly. Yeah. Just like wading through tar. <laughs> yeah. But you have a very nice color paint on the uh, wall. The acoustic tiles are what, what color blue would you say that is? That's an interesting question. I don't know. I, I, I really, I don't know. I don't know what kind of blue that is. It's sort of, it's, it's, it's sort of dusty, like a dusty rose, dusty blue, dusty blue. I remember dusty blue. Oh yeah. 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 You see her all over at the clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. 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 I think she's uh, retired from live performances now. Just puts yeah. out uh, EPs and um, Snapchats. Yeah, yeah, she had that dart show, or she had that thing that she'd do with the dartboard during her performance. That's right, yeah. Now, Others, she's, now she's making, a, I think, full living on YouTube just doing the darts. It's actually right. called doing the darts. Right, and she's yeah. got her hands tied behind her back and everything. Stunning. It's stunning. It's incredible. I've never yeah. seen anything like it. Yeah. And a gag, a ball gag, yeah. <laughs> That's what really makes it special from all those other dart yeah. acts. Yeah, exactly. Well... Most of them are ping pong, ping pong ball acts. They're, that's right. Yeah. Who or, sort of use darts as ping. part of it, but not, they <laughs> exactly. don't focus solely on darts. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, like her, it's her devotion. I think that makes it different. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but in terms of eighties European music style, you have a lot of, uh, favorites from the eighties. Oh man. I have a lot of favorites from the eighties. I don't know. I, I suppose European. Yeah, I guess so. Because England, but England doesn't feel european does it true true and um, also there yeah uh, but that's not our problem no, um, no I can, it's not it's we know that it is part of europe so yeah um you know they can feel that and i can yeah still and we can still interpret it that way and i can still know what i know that's right yeah mm -hmm. so yeah i i mean all especially there's a ton of british stuff i mean the american stuff the obvious stuff that comes to mind missing persons devo mm -hmm. sure those yeah. are two extremely huge influences right for me um and then there was the third fourth and fifth albums from nina hagen fearless mm -hmm. um and uh in ecstasy those had a huge impact on me duran duran oh yeah absolutely. all of that stuff um blamange visage new order um all the industrial stuff a lot of the you know Susie and the banshees mm -hmm. um skinny puppy frontline assembly ministry mm. really important to me that um that group um cabaret voltaire is mm -hmm. a huge influence on me what was the solo Chris single from the guy from cabaret voltaire was it richard kirk yeah richard kirk doing um never lose your shadow We'll have to put together a playlist. Yeah, we should. That's an incredible track. And everything by Cabaret Voltaire is pretty 
pretty amazing. Although I wasn't as into their, um, their the the really late the the '90s stuff. Although some a lot of people really love that as well. Mm-hmm. It's definitely worth checking out. But it's more of a um, I like more of the the '80s um, industrial vibe. Yeah, some acts like Gary Newman once they tipped into the '90s. Another huge one. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I've tried. I've tried every one of his mm-hmm. albums, and I just. I can't anymore. You prefer the eighties. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love it so much. They're yeah. so good. Those records are so incredible. Yeah. And dramatus or dramatis oh, or whatever it was that's called. Incredible. Love needs, lovely, no, no, love, love, lovely, lovely new disguise. Love needs yeah. no disguise. Loving, lovingly leave, loving leaves you with highs. Just, uh, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. God, that's a real love tongue twister. Leaves you with hives. So this is very good. Uh, Gary wow. Newman, right. It's like he's in the room with us. No lotion will help me this time. <laughs> wow. We all know that love leaves you hives. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was edging into Anthony Newley a little bit. It, there, makes, but it makes love sound very kind. It leaves you hives. It leaves, like, yeah. it leaves something behind. It leaves something for behind, you. yeah. It doesn't yeah. just give it to you. It yeah, leaves, yeah. leaves it behind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make sure you're taken care of. Also known as scars. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Residue. Uh, yeah. What's it? Aftermath. Yes. yes. Uh, residue aftermath. <laughs> detritus. Yeah. Discharge. Yeah. The detritus never uh recorded for the Numa label, but they were signed. Oh yeah. my goodness. That would be a good band name for like a fake new wave band from the eighties. Um <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah, detritus. Are you into detritus? I'm a big detritus guy. Absolutely. I've got the and new, debris. Uh, oh, yeah. debris. Those yeah. reissues, those debris reissues. <laughs> Sumptuous. Devastating. <laughs> Dina concludes by saying, P.S. If you ever come to Denmark, let me know because coffee will be on me. XO from Superpal Stina. Thank you, Stina. That sounds fantastic. I do like me some coffee. You do. And, you know, I haven't really had that much coffee in a long time and I've been <laughs> slamming it down this week. Yeah, that's my fault, I believe. But I wanted to go on that journey. Remember, I said I'm normally an iced tea drinker and I'm sure iced tea is not a big thing here. It's right? not a thing at all. You're not going to get any. Well, look, I squared myself with that idea. Mm-hmm. And then I made a perfect circle around that. You made you made lemonade out of coffee beans. That's right, I did. And a lot of water out of that coffee. <laughs> Thank a lot you. of water. Are you saying I trips to the bathroom a little bit too that frequent? toilet has taken a real beating <laughs> this week from the three of us. Well, <laughs> yeah, I got to say, that's I true. I feel like we are three people. Yeah, I, I feel like that yeah. that way as well. If we had to apportion dialogue to persons for average word per i don't know exactly i'm I'm glad that i'm trying to talk about language and i was short for words um (laughs) isn't that just so often the case but answering your question i can type in excess of 80 words a minute well that's good and i think that's going to be very important when it comes down to sorting out these applications thank you well after the apocalypse i feel like that's going to be something that i can do well typewriters listen they're around forever that's right they're sturdy you still have the mechanical ones but you're not going to be able to make music you're not going to be able to you know languages um there won't no, be as much talking. You're not going to be able to languages for sure. You're not going to be able to languages. And that's the thing, you know, verbs are also very overrated. So, well, yeah. So it's better to just make it concise and just pick a couple words that you like out of the sentence. But I was actually those. speaking German. And so I was saving the verbs for the end, but you didn't let me get there. Oh, I see. Well, what would it have sounded like had I not interrupted you so rudely? Well, let's see. Like, um, and it's nice because languages to speak. Okay. That's I a see. verb. I see. Yeah. No, I was taking a glass of water. I was contemplating. You were taking the airs. Mm-hmm. Oh, I take all kinds of airs. You're taking the waters. And the liberties. And lots of liberties. Plenty and plenty yeah. of liberties. Stina also has a comment for me. Gregory, you've mentioned not being much of a nature guy, which I have not. So have you been out exploring the wilderness of Iceland? Well, 
if you want to include the record store, the uh, clothing store, mm-hmm. yeah, the restaurants, right, and the, the candy coffee. store. Oh, the candy store. Do you want to talk about some wilderness? Yeah. You want to talk about the uh, true wonders? We got deep into the woods. Oh, we were far, far into the woods. We were up to our ears in in uh, thickets. <laughs> rickets too right <laughs> well all the victorian maladies are really in vogue right now so mm-hmm. well listen i'd like to stay on trend yeah thank you thank you um you know the candy store was a definite highlight i'll have some post i'll have some pictures to post i have some- you put post-its everywhere <laughs> that's right the- i did i did remind me yeah. where i was and just like memento i have to learn everything every morning so yeah like anton usually um my roommate here usually puts little post-its all over everything to just say this is not a toy because oh, sure. i tend to treat everything that way but he removed them because there was a guest coming i, I guess so or did i remove them Wait or a he second. didn't want to think that he you were he didn't want you to feel like you were being addressed but it, it's sort of implicit though right i suppose when it comes to the door knobs and handles that you're getting into murky it's sort of more of a gray area whether it is or is not a toy mm-hmm. i see or if it's implied that maybe I'm treating them like a toy. I mean, I don't know what I'm saying. What I should infer from Because I didn't write on the notes. Oh, so you can't say I what's behind. No, okay. So you yeah. can't speak for the person. It's not something that you can actually know. Okay, so you could yeah. assume. But then again, assuming, right. as we know from Night Shift, makes an ass out of you and me. Night Shift coming wow. to a movie club sometime soon. Yeah. Excellent. I haven't seen that, and I'm going to get on that. I think you're going to enjoy it quite a bit. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you've really... You really outdone yourself with the with the uh, shock treatment. Wow, thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. I was really happy to watch that with you. It's one it wasn't of my favorites. Difficult to watch is Francis. Oh, is that uh, wait, Francis? Was that the uh, the Fassbender film that we watched? No, that was in a year with thirteen moons, or oh, in a yes. year of of thirteen moons, as it's sometimes translated, uh, which is incorrect. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about the uh, Jessica Lange vehicle. Oh, certainly. Of, That's right. That if, she did at the same time as Tootsie. Oh, yeah. Remember Tootsie 2 back on the streets? <laughs> Shame that never came out on video or anything else. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, look, some films are best left theoretical, I suppose. Yeah, but replacing uh, Jessica Lange with Linda Blair was not necessarily an inspired choice. Uh, powerful, though. For the material. Powerful. Yeah, powerful. Absolutely. Definitely a statement. Yeah. Speaking of Linda Blair, as we often have this week, we watched Summer of Fear. That's where that line came from. The um, <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> the bag of mayonnaise. Yes. I feel sorry who, for who was ever sticking their dick in that bag of mayonnaise. It was an after school special. And I remember thinking that the dialogue was quite um, coarse course thank you certainly yeah for that sort of material yeah, yeah, yeah. especially for Wes craven who's known to be a bit of a pure yeah. yeah no but we did watch summer of fear and that is not where that line came from do no, you remember not. have you remembered yet no i have not i wonder if it's something that i watched after after hours Ooh, after hours but yeah. i remember i think i remember you reacting to it as well <laughs> maybe we discussed <laughs> Just, we might have discussed the line afterwards that is one of my favorite lines it's a great line. <laughs> if anyone in Hot Dog Club knows where that line comes from, let us know. Gosh. And, uh, oh, so Stina, yeah, uh, no nature. I know a lot of people have told me you should check out the hot springs. The bathing culture here is quite a thing. I'm just not into it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not uh, into checking it out. Now, if I was visiting someone who was like super into that, I would go, okay, let me go along with that to see what their journey is, uh, what they like to do. Uh, we happen to like a lot of the same stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Coffee, movies. Uh, music records. yeah scores. Lots. we've been listening to lots of scores so many scores settling so many scores settling plenty of scores all most of the scores i think they're I've important settled, ones yeah. anyway yeah they're all settled they're nicely um 
adjusted yep. and uh, a few favorites uh this week that we listened to would be the uh, scanners mm. score really great let's give the hot dog club a taste of that i'm sure there's some up on the youtube oh yeah john has an incredibly beautiful vinyl collection well thank you you're welcome it is really coming into its own isn't it it is it's starting to multiply on its own it is yeah which is nice then you yeah. don't have to take care of the maintenance no no groundskeeper needed no no it's like, what? what is that stuff called? I saw the movie. Um, I saw the documentary. Oh, uh, Slime Mold, yeah. Oh, Slime Mold, It's like yeah. that. It is very much like that. Yeah. So, interestingly, on the Scanners soundtrack, there is a cut called Record Shop. I feel like that's the only appropriate track for us to check out. So, very relaxing. <laughs> That is very impressive. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Howard Shore, who also did the scores for... That was my Bob Hope impression, by the way. It was, you know, it was eerily accurate. It was dead on, yeah. Thank you. Those uh, specials he used to do when he would just come on and do that. The USO. Yeah, the yeah. USO ones. And... <laughs> yeah, man, nothing would uh, brighten a serviceman's day up like that. Well, no, because they hear that all the day anyway, so it's something they identify with. That's right. Because they're hearing that all day long, so you're thinking, ah, this is something that I feel comfortable with, because I'm right. hearing that. It's like a, a neurosis or a, or trauma. You yeah. know, you just feel comfortable in it, because you've been in it for so many years. It's like a, a warm blanket or an electric blanket. Sure, or, or like comfy a, shoes. A, a blanket that's had a water bottle touching it. That's a little damp contact, and, yeah. A little bit damp, because your mother never wiped off the, the water bottle. The residue. It was covered with pink fur, but it would get wet under the faucet. Sure, yeah. And just make turn it into a wet blanket. A yeah. buzzkill, in other words. With clumps. It's a metaphor. Yeah, certainly. A childhood metaphor. Childhood metaphor. That's what talking is for. These mm. days, why say anything deliberately? This better be on my score. Is this on my score? MySpace? On Scanners? Do you I, remember that cut? I don't remember this cut. We're going to have to listen to the whole thing again today. Yeah, we're going to have to review this whole thing. Because I'm throwing it out if this isn't on there. <laughs> it's going to go right out the window. And it is a beautiful piece of work. It's beautiful. It'd be a shame to have to throw that right out the window. That's one of the most beautiful pieces of vinyl. It really like is. the actual vinyl. Yeah, the vinyl's stunning. The splatter is very... It's variegated. Uh, Howard Shore apparently did the score for After Hours as well. Would you like to sample hmm. a little bit of that? No. Uh, no, let's do. <laughs> By no, I mean... A, Thank a, you, a, no. Certainly, I would love to. Ooh. Hmm. Sounds like the Richard Simmons track a little bit. Yeah. I'd say the through line through all the Howard Shore stuff is incredibly relaxing. Right. Is this the Griffin Dunn vehicle? Yes, it indeed. I have to have this. Yeah. We'll have to look for this. Uh, this is amazing. It is, right? We listened to the Chud score. Ooh, the Chud score which is, is fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. We haven't gotten to the Bogeyman yet, but that's another great synth score. Yeah, that's a whole other kettle of it's fish. So, it is, is it? A- okay, I have never seen that film, which is actually amusingly called The Boogeyman, but uh, the people putting out the... Reissues don't seem to care for the proper spelling of things these days. They don't seem to like double vowels. No. They probably hate the Dutch, too. <laughs> it's a whole anti-vowel movement. 
<laughs> wow. Uh, let's see. Get back to them questions. Oh, no. I got this pop-up thing on my safari that won't let me actually go to the page I want to go to. So, Stina, back to what you were saying. No nature stuff. Although we had lovely walks out and around the village. This is amazing. Isn't this incredible? This better be released yesterday. I hope so, or else you can't be held accountable for what might happen. I can't be held responsible for how I'm going to act. No, certainly not. Not I, now or ever. No. Whether that comes out or not. <laughs> or whether you do anything about it or not. And still, I will. No, but you still can't be held accountable for it. Uh-uh. Ah. So, Stina, lovely walks around the village. The uh, the views are beautiful. The, you can see the mountains. Uh Clean, crisp, cold air has been lovely. I've been uh, dressed appropriately for this. So As crisp and refreshing. My clothing? Thank you. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, you. and that reminds me of the fabulous hat that I have now that I would never not have had had you not taken me to that wonderful uh, clothier. Um, what was the name of that store? Oh, God. Kormaukur o Skjöldur. Exactly. And so when you're in town, go check out Kormaukur and uh, I got a, a very uh, handsome Stetson hat, which yeah. you'll see a picture of soon on the uh, the old website and the old Instagram. Uh, actually, John took a nice photo of me today at breakfast, so we'll have to be... Uh, I did. Yeah. The lighting was really... Uh, well, it's just a darling photo. Yeah, and I'm so happy you took it. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you. Oof. You betcha. You f- hear the tension mounting in this. Yeah. Uh, and then also, Stina, um, you asked what has impressed or surprised me the most about this part of the world. I, okay, surprised and impressed both by the amount of licorice that's around and how much is consumed here. Most surfaces are covered by licorice. <laughs> well, here. certainly, but I thought that was just your apartment. And uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then yeah. I, I go out in the world and I see, yeah, man. Think of vinyl siding, but instead it's licorice. Yeah. You're like, I'm really getting a Hansel and Gretel thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and then I, I didn't, I start, started to sell, smell, uh, I started to sell cinnamon. And, <laughs> I started uh, to sell cinnamon. <laughs> you find yourself in all, all kinds of crazy things happening when you travel around the world, I would you? go door to door selling <laughs> greeting cards as a child. For you, it was cinnamon. Yeah. Cinnamon well, sticks. <laughs> that's right. Well, different parts of the country, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's right. That's true. And cinnamon is... A very important commodity in the Massachusetts. Absolutely, area. absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. most trading was done with cinnamon up until I think the 1950s. Mm-hmm. As as here in Iceland, it was sheep. Mm-hmm. In Massachusetts, it was cinnamon. Yeah, that's right. And then you had your beaver pelts and sure. Those yeah. were more of like a side hustle. The cinnamon was like the main thing, and it was right. cinnamon sticks, but also cinnamon bricks, which they don't talk about that much because they're not as cute, and you can't really have them in a, a like at a Starbucks, like we talked about before. And they can't be beaten. No. Well, you could smack someone with a cinnamon brick. It actually has kind of an interesting effect because the cinnamon will break off. It's sort of dust in the air, and it's quite nice. Right. Yeah. And then inhaling it is a very painful experience. That's the thing, because it is quite um, visually stunning. But much like some uh, practical effects that we've seen in film, mm. it may be not the most um, safe for the yeah. uh, perpetrators. Have you watched the remake of Slither? No, I haven't. The James Conn film? James Gunn. Oh, right. James Gunn, the fashion fashion man. No, the guy that did Guardians of the Galaxy. Is that also a musical? <laughs> well, of sorts. Now, would it surprise you to learn that I do have a copy 
of Slither, the remake um, directed by James Gunn, starring Nathan Fillion oh. and Elizabeth Banks, who's one of my favorites. She's got one of the best oh. voices and, wow. and faces and acting styles and film today. And the practical effects in that, this is my reason for bringing this up. It's great to see a modern movie where they're using a lot of practical effects. It is. I mean, they do mix in a little CGI, which is fine, but the practical effects are absolutely stunning. And I wish there was more of that these days. I did see one thing on um, Netflix recently. Mm -hmm. It's about those things flying around in the air, murdering everyone. I think it's called Silence. Oh, okay. I have not seen it. It's another one of those things where nobody can utter a word, otherwise they'll be torn apart immediately. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like like Bird Um, Box or something like that? Yeah, burnt box and um, uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's the May West story. Uh, <laughs> the May West biopic. <laughs> oh boy, um, this one. Uh, the special effects, the CGI is really good. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. It makes me think of Baby Driver, which I ended up seeing twice in the theater because the chase sequences were so good. And is it, that all special effects? It was all done sort of like live, if you will. There might have been some stuff that was lightly like tuned up with CGI. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the cars are photoshopped, right? Oh, well, yeah, of course. But I mean, I'm talking about the actors' reactions and their their dialogue and stuff. Those are actually happening in front of the camera. I don't understand what you mean, but... Okay, so it's like it's kind of like most movies you see, except instead of um, computer recreations of perfect-looking models, you know, with uh, this kind of... Um, special program in their eyes to make you believe mm-hmm. really in what they're saying. These are actual people saying dialogue. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're not making a hell of a lot of sense right now. We'll revisit. We'll go, you know what? That's okay. We'll circle back. We'll circle back we'll to that one. We'll reach around yeah, to that. Do the reach around, which is a common thing on the show. Yeah. As many people know, especially on hot dog club episodes. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. So Stina, yeah, I'm wildly impressed at the uh, licorice culture. I'll call it that. I'll go ahead and just call it that. It is incredible. So, and, and Stina, forgive me for interrupting Craig. Certainly John. But, um, they do. There is a really incredible salted Danish licorice ice cream here. Oh, I can't. That, that now, Craig will be sampling later. Yes. And I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. What I have, I have already. It doesn't what, seem like it. <laughs> well you know what maybe um, it's a muted reaction mm-hmm. i'm just i'm trying to keep things in check until mm-hmm. yeah 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 euphoria looks a hell of a lot like despair mm-hmm. on you thank you very much <laughs> thank you it's <laughs> one of the nicest things anyone's ever said <laughs> um, Isn't that sweet? it's so sweet yeah. i'll try to take a picture of the candy i bought before i devour it all that would be nice for me to do because uh, i got quite the packaging is packaging is shockingly the, beautiful the omnum the omnum chocolate for our listeners out there who are familiar with the brand it is one of the most beautiful examples of modern packaging i've ever seen it really is and yeah. the the contents within the packaging shockingly shockingly good are even better than the packaging itself which is rare which is rare. Which is rare. So Very rare. So anyone out there who knows what we're talking about, send us a note. I'll post pictures about it. Mike Squire wrote, Hey guys, like Leah, I love the episode John was on. See, a lot, lots of people. Oh, they, they were, three entire people. That's right. Mike adds that he's so happy that we've managed to get together again, as am I. Yeah, me too. It's been... I w- like I said, I was surprised at how quickly it happened, and that's really great because these things can just drag on forever. And yeah, certainly. Schedules get in the way, and life gets in the way, and one's profession gets in the way. And mm, yeah, yeah. And then uh, there's also calories. racial prejudices and uh, you know religious issues. Yeah. I was happy that when we found 
a gap in the schedule that worked for both of our schedules, I thought might as well just do it as soon as possible. Strike while the iron is somewhere near hot. the uh, fireplace, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Strike, while, <yes. laughs> Strike while you can still find the iron. I've never been to this part of the world, and I've only been outside the U.S. really, but not counting Canada, twice, no, three times, twice to Australia, and now to Iceland, and I'm looking forward to uh, further adventures in the world. And this has been a wonderful, wonderful trip. It has been great. I do appreciate the fact that you came over here to my house. Thank well, you. Thank you. I greatly appreciate your invitation and your wonderful well, uh, hosting. I appreciate and- you coming more than you appreciate me asking you to come well listen i appreciate that sentiment almost more than you appreciate me accepting the invitation and actually coming here and appreciating that hey uh, listen i gotta win this one <laughs> i don't right. know that's your show <laughs> dang it <laughs> mike says uh, that he saw devin townsend recently at a gig with a q a following it and it was fascinating to hear devin talk about his creative processes and as a musician which mike is he finds himself drawing inspiration from several different areas of life and he would like to know some things that might inspire you john that might not be obvious from just listening to your work and for mike this can and mike says this can range from books to a particular place anything Let's see, succulents, uh, NECA wafers, mm. um, Nintendo. Sure. Um, owls. Night owls or owls? Beauty owls. salons. Mm-hmm. Night owls is fine. Are you referring to the Steely Dan? I'm referring to the Jerry Rafferty night owl. Yeah. Right, 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 mm. right, right. But that's the same thing, right? Basically. Yeah. Six of one, half dozen of the other, I have both of right? those Jerry Rafferty albums on. Those are fabulous albums. We heard the other day a little bit of uh, right, right down, down the line. line coming out of a store, and both of us just thought, you know what, we could go listen to that when we get back to the. <laughs> we stopped dead in our tracks. We did, we did, because that is one of the greatest songs ever. I never get tired of it. Sometimes I can listen to it on repeat for thirty times in a row. You've heard me play things on repeat here, actually. What an incredible voice that man has! Unbelievable in the harmonies, the production, everything about it is stunning. One it's of the perfect. best songs and and records ever made. And Baker Street, that sax solo, man. Everything about Baker Street, that crazy bridge. Yeah. Incredible. And the fact that those are both on the same album, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, that should have resulted in another wormhole. Yeah, or possibly some light finds. Yeah, we should have done a Jerry Rafferty wormhole. I would go <laughs> Or at for least that. a light meringue. Oh, oh, yeah, I mean, God. I didn't let loose a meringue when I heard that the first time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Back to what Leah was saying. Yeah, let the meringue flow. And, uh, <laughs> that's right let's get up into some bacon alaska <laughs> um yeah so you have uh, lots of inspiration i can say that i've observed you uh citing various books authors uh it's I mean, like- jersey kaczynski oh sure yeah, Painted yeah. bird being there mm-hmm. shirley mclean shirley mcclain hair dye yeah um use cardboard um shoelaces tile portuguese tile sour mm-hmm. cream cream fresh high fat sour cream cream corn i thought i heard you say because we were t- well, discussing corn the- soup oh that's japanese right. corn soup is a huge inspiration for me let's see style clothing sure fabric sure gingham oh of course wood concrete mm-hmm. treated wood treated tree williams Treat Williams. That's pretty much the answer to everything. Treat Williams. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Einstein got it wrong. 
I think the, the the missing piece of the equation, which is why they haven't exactly figured out what happened, you can just stick Treat Williams into that formula, and I think you're going to be seeing a lot of great things happening. I think you're right. You know, like what? a kaleidoscope, kaleidoscopic Tupperware party meets <laughs> Jonestown uh, meets uh, uh, Bobby Gentry. Bobby Gentry meets um, milk chocolate with licorice. Oh yeah, meets Don King. Meets Don King and Helen Reddy. Wow, that's a super group. If ever I thought that of is one. a super group. I just saw a photo on Pia Zadora's Instagram feed of her with Don King and a couple other people at a, some party in the eighties. Really beautiful stuff. When when what is Pia Zadora most known for? Pia Zadora is most known for her film The Lonely Lady, which was one of those massive flops that was a big winner at the Razzies. Okay, and also she was known for winning a Golden Globe for a movie that kind of bombed and there was a rumor what was that what was that what butterfly was that? orson wells ed mcmahon and pia zadora and stacy keach and there's an incest plot line hmm, if you'll just help me pop my eyeballs back into their sockets Certainly. real quick yeah um i'm wondering about if there's blu-ray um specimens available i believe there is for butterfly i have it on dvd but i think it's on blu-ray what about lonely lady Yes, actually, I have it with me. You do? Oh yeah, I have well, it with me. We're watching that. Then we'll, we'll I haven't watch seen it. it. Have you seen that Karen Black vehicle called um, the Locusts? No. Year of the Locust. No, I have not. I do like a Karen Black film. We should watch that. That's supposed to be credible. I think I'm saying it wrong. Will you? Do you? Do you have access to the Guggles or something? Do you have access to anything? Uh, just my mind. Um, let's see. Karen Black. Year of the Locust. I think. That sounds familiar. Or the locust eaters? Hocus locus? No, the lotus. Oh, the position. lotus. Right, that's right. There's a lotus position. It's a four-hour miniseries. The day of the locust. Oh, I'm sorry. I ruined just all the fun. Just a day. Yeah, it's just a day. See, for me, it was. It lasted almost a year. Mm. Not watching that. Well, that's how it can feel. Like a good film can feel like it takes yeah. a year, right? Yes. Just like Roger Ebert used to say. Cut to beginning the wedding scene and the deer hunter at the beginning of that movie. <laughs> That did feel like a whole year. Yeah, no, that's right. That's a, that, Well, it's a long film. Which is interesting because most weddings feel like several years. Especially when they have very long ceremonies. I think ceremonies could be cut down to 10, 15 minutes, a tight 15. Mm. All set. Oh, weddings. I don't know. That's a whole another program. The wedding program. The wedding program. I look that's forward right. to that. I do too. I Thank do you. too. Thank you. You just signed a contract, so that's a, I know I did. Yeah, okay. spiritual and uh, verbal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spiritual and verbal. Nina Kinsey wrote, "I am so deeply envious. I was meant to be going to Reykjavik for my fortieth next month, but for various tedious reasons, it's now not happening." Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Nina. Yeah, because you didn't win the lottery, and <laughs> and, and you didn't win six billion dollars to be able to buy yourself a croque monsieur. That's true. I, I got to say, the food's a little pricey here. Yeah, everything is. It's a very expensive place. Very expensive. I imagine the Airbnbs here would be quite steep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean on a sharp incline. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the prices are, well, for an example, I feel like that distorted. Let me, but it doesn't sound, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, there we go. The compressor should be on, but sometimes it's not. Uh, uh, anyway. What yeah. kind of a compressor are you running there? I'm running the, the onboard logic compressor, but I'm also using this Zoom H6 as the interface because wow. for uh, the power 
differences in the various countries. I, in Australia, when I taped with Vanity, I had my whole regular setup and I had a power converter. Then as I turned the machine on, I just heard a and I went, oh dear, I have to use my portable recorder, which the one I used to use, when you use mics with it, it has this hiss to it. So then I had to strip that out and post, which affected the overall sound quality. Mm-mm. Shame. But now it led me to get this wonderful Zoom H6. So anyone out there who wants to start a podcast, which some people have written in or asking about that. Certainly. <laughs> anyone wants to get a sponsorship going, Zoom H6, I would love to talk to you about exploring options. Following this word from our sponsors. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So Nina Kinsey, in addition to being disappointed about not being able to get to Reykjavik, but again, you're saving money for future trips. For or for a house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, or a ne- couple of cars. A couple of house cars. A couple of uh, three-guard garages. Oh, yeah. Three-guard, three-terry-guard garages. Yeah, I'm just thinking of release the hounds and all that, you know. Oh, sure, as one does. Yeah. And then Nina says she'd like to ask a stupidly shallow question. Does John have any long-lasting fashion regrets, clothes that you look back on with horror, disgust, and shame? Oh, yeah, pretty much everything. <laughs> um, yeah, almost everything. <laughs> Is this good stage uh, clothes? Because that, that's what I took it to be. I took it to be stage clothes. Yeah, but well, I, you know, I, I had this one, this weird plaid from Casherelle that just felt like really washed out my face. And I've always regretted that. Yeah, sure. And, plaid um, regrets can be the worst regrets. I did have this sweater from Benetton that uh, that I regretted buying because I it required me to attack my mother spiritually and mm-hmm. verbally very viciously in order to achieve the the uh, true intent of the well garment. in order to acquire the the sweater. Oh, I see. Okay. And it was this. It, I think it was. It had. It was like a this bright blue baggy sweater with a big red B in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. I had some Benetton uh, stuff. Always regretful with yeah. that. Yeah. It's funny what uh, your classmates can do with a single letter. Um, mm. Brings up some painful memories. Yeah, same here. So yeah. let's move on. But, but fucker. Let's see what's... Oh, that's lovely. That's nice. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, seemed to be real popular at the time, that word. Mm. And yet that brand wasn't even a thing yet. <laughs> it was actually quite big. Oh, was it? Okay. Well, different. Yeah. you know what? Again, we're from different parts of the country, so <laughs> right. it didn't catch on. See, this was Colorado. Oh, right, right, right. You know, the whole rodeo thing, it's not far off. No, it's not. Uh-oh. It's not. And also the altitude there leads That's people right. to make certain decisions that they wouldn't mm-hmm. make over in the sort of... You don't need carbs for brain fog in no. Colorado. <laughs> but when you add carbs, <laughs> yeah. oh, the brain fog is spectacular. Yeah. So, Nina, I hope that answers your question. Um, I think we all have fashion regrets or regrets right is this live is what live this is not we're just are we live right now it's a rehearsal um oh no 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 we're not we're, we're we're live to tape and then i will edit this so with that if there's anything that you would like excised let me know and i can lead the show with it please cut out most of what i've you've said yeah yeah certainly i'm gonna leave in the uh, bob hope impression okay yeah thank and you. a few thes and uh <laughs> God, it's like he's in the room with us. You know, it's amazing. I know. It's like when he would pop into the yeah. night show and just shriek. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so great. And Johnny yeah. would laugh and laugh. It's like Martha Ray's about to come <laughs> squirting around that corner any minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so her husband, uh, the, her later years husband, Mark Harris, used to go on Howard Stern all the time. Whose husband? Oh, so Martha Ray married a man named Martha, 
Martha Ray married a man named Martha Harris. Martha. <laughs> or Mothras. As Mothra. <laughs> Martha Ray married a kaiju by the name of Mothra, <laughs> who was for a time really big on the radio circuit and oh, did yeah, a lot sure. of interviews with Howard Stern around this Plenty. time. Yes. Plenty. Yeah. Yes. He was also promoting the Godzilla films he was in. Mm-hmm. You know that fellow Mothras. And that movie he wrote, uh, Cocoon. Sure. Was sure. really... Uh, secret messages in that film. A yeah. lot of metaphor. A lot of metaphor and secret satanic messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't think Hume Cronin would be in something that wasn't satanic, do you? I certainly hope not. Same here. Lenny Edmund wrote, Hi, John and Craig. Hi, Lenny. Hey, Lenny. Much love from Mother Canada. My question, what's your biggest inspiration at the moment? My biggest inspiration at the moment, I would suppose... Well, there's so many different areas. I mean, I'm still inspired by milk quite a bit Mm -hmm. and milk products. Sure, sure. But also the music of Ennio Morricone, a lot Mm -hmm. of the Ennio Morricone um, scores. What are a few of of your favorites of his? Oh, geez. Uh, Cat of Nine Tales, Autopsy Mm -hmm. is a favorite. Um, Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. Mm Mm-hmm is a little known masterpiece by the I master. didn't realize he, he did that one. Yeah. I, as we've discussed, I haven't seen uh, a Motivar film. Yeah. I'm very, really jealous of you that you get to see Kika for the first time. Oh, that's exciting. Um, I'm looking Rossi forward to Rossi De Palma it. and Kika is, is incredible. And mm-hmm. Veronica Forque. Um, oh man, so much good stuff for you to discover. Yeah. All about my mother. Mm-hmm. An incredible masterpiece. What have I done to deserve this? What about high heels? That one I've heard. Another of. fantastic one. Um, yeah. Let's see. One of my another favorite is Dark Habits. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to get your hands. And I, this is a very painful, 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 painful subject for me. Sure. Because the only place that you can see Dark Habits in its entirety is the VHS. Tape. Oh no! Why is they, that? I don't know how. I don't know in what world we're living in where Almodovar allowed stuff to be cut out of his film he did well i don't know how it happened how it's not being rectified yeah pardon <laughs> i didn't mean to use blue language on the show me, yeah, i'm sorry I, it seems like you did but there is a shade up there that's a bit of a dusty blue speaking uh, of which yeah that's a, dark, a bit darker than your studio but you know what? i took a photo of you in the studio so i took some photos of the gear as well so with uh oh. with the the proper consent waivers uh-huh. i can uh, post those up in well the old, i wish uh, that were possible but uh, we can certainly oh look my phone's being scrubbed right now <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> Very interesting. Oh, you don't you don't want no scrubs, do you? No. Oh no. 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 Uh-uh. Uh, I thought I had the surveillance package down, but you really you're one step ahead of me. <laughs> so bravo to you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Well, um. So the, the inspiration. The it. inspiration. Yeah. The the music of Ennio Morricone and all the scores, the John Carpenter scores. Oh sure. Yeah. You know, been listening to a lot of They Live and mm-hmm. Halloween Three as usual. Yeah. But, well. You know, some things you just can't uh, can't shake. No. Also, for anyone out there who likes They Live, the Super Deluxe package, is that what it is? John has an yeah. essay in that about the music for They Live, and I think it's a terrific essay that... Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's really great, because for those people who don't really know what music does in a film... I mean, you can hear it, for one thing. Yeah, that's true. A lot of times you can hear it. Sometimes if you have a transcribed, you can read it. And that's one way that they'll use it in a film, is for you to be able to hear it. <laughs> Um, while the film is, is while the running. film is running. Okay. Yeah. No, that, that, listen, that's making sense. Yeah. You are making a lot of sense right now. Am I making a hell of a lot of sense? A hell though? of a lot of sense you're making right Thank now. You. Thank you. And, uh, Lenny Yodo also adds that he loves your Instagram, that it's really nice to follow. And you have an eye for capturing really interesting stuff in your photos. Oh, thank you. 
Mm. I have I, to agree. I really enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lenny. Laura Amos wrote, hi, Craig and John. Hi, Laura. Craig, I uh, hope Laura. you have... Oh, I'm sorry. sorry I stepped, I ste- on, no, I stepped, I stepped up on you. I, no, I stepped. no, no. That was... Okay. Uh, well, that's very kind of you. I had right. my Crocs on. And mm, yeah. And got I, a little overexcited. I have a slight bruise, but look, nothing to really <laughs> complain about. Just a little discoloration. That's all. That's yeah. all. It's more cosmetic than yeah. anything. Uh, Laura says, Craig, I hope you're having a blast in Iceland. I am having a super blast. Fabulous We've time. been doing more laughing than you probably should be allowed to do. I think that's true. And I think some of the people in the area, I'm not saying they're talking to the authorities, but they're getting ready to. They are getting ready to. Yeah. You can feel it. Something you can oh, feel. you can feel it, I mean, it, a housewife sure. has that in her fingertips. So mm-hmm. That's right. What was that expression we heard the other day about the talent and fingertips? Oh, a professional down to the tips of his fingers. I like that. Yeah. Do you remember what the... I don't remember exactly what it was. That hasn't been assimilated into the Borg yet. Sure, um, sure. That's a new one that just came to me the other day, and I had the guy at the store write it down for me so that I could um, drop it in my data bank. It won't take long until there's... No, uh, it's going to be absorbed into my medulla oblongata <laughs> any day later now. this afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you have it scheduled? I do have it scheduled. You have to. I mean, that's, there's that's, so many words and phrases. And that's right. you got to... Colloquialisms and idiomatic... You have to be on a strict timetable for yeah, that kind of thing. That's the thing. For linguistics these days. You know, if you're going to try and if you're going to run around with five, six, seven, eight, you know, languages in your head, you do need to do some compartmentalizing. Sure. Some spreadsheeting. Some spreadsheeting, some flowcharts. Some Venn diagrams. Mm, yes. Mm. As well. Sure. Thank you. Those make everything easier, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what that is, but I, I imagine it sounds certainly like. I think you just we just ordered some. Is that a pie chart? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Huh. But there's less flavors in a Venn diagram. It's more just colors. Which brings us to Marie Callender's blueberry sour cream pie. Ooh, I've never had that one. Incredible. Yeah? Get on it. I'll be on the lookout for that. Well, there's got to be a recipe. I'm sure there is. And I think they sell them at my local mart. It, is it still a thing, Marie I think Callender's? it is. I think it is. Wow. Did you ever go to one? No. Back in the 70s no. or no. 80s? No. I don't think there was one uh, <sighs> around my neck of the woods. They had like 100 pies on the menu. Wow. It was incredible. And the blueberry sour cream was a favorite of mine. Well, I'm going to have to try that. I'm also going to have to check out House of Pies, which is in L.A. Oh, yum. Do you remember that pie I sent you the still of? That uh, Earl Grey pie? Oh, yes. That thing is incredible. Amazing. Did, yeah. did I mention on your podcast about going to Tokyo for the first time? No, we haven't talked about and Tokyo. And I went into a Starbucks that was in the hotel, uh-huh. and they had peach Earl Grey pie. In that what? Starbucks. That's what's happening in Tokyo right now, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God, they're on the bleeding edge of things. Oh, it's so bloody. So Gory bloody. with innovation. Yeah. Was that your first time in Japan? I don't remember if that was the first or second time. I've been there three times now. And every time it's just, it's shocking, that place. Mm-hmm. Incredible. And the coffee's good there, you said. Everything is great there. Yeah. They've perfected everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. It's a shame. Yeah. Nothing to look forward to. You know, sometimes you'll, you'll st- like in the middle of the night, you'll step on a Lego. Oh, yeah. In your bare feet. Almost every night. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They perfected that as well. Oh, so it just, it's a smooth, comfortable experience. Well, it's a perfect sort of all-encompassing pain. You don't just feel it in your foot. It just rips right through your whole system. Yeah. Like a nerve pain. Uh-huh. That's beautiful. Like shingles or something. Oh, sure. Laura Amos also wrote that her and her husband absolutely love your music, John. It's their go-to when they're stressed, especially when she has deadlines and needs to relax her brain. Wow, that's a, that's a beautiful compliment. Thank you, Laura. Laura then says, so massive thanks for making beautiful music. Well, thank you. I have to thank you for that myself. Quite a fan of your music. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
And of course, your Bob Hope impression is fairly <laughs> stellar as well. Thank you. Laura continues that they uh, sadly missed you when you were in the UK earlier this year, but are hoping to see you with The Creep Show in Bright in October. Oh, nice. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then her question is, what made you want to live in Iceland, other than the fact that it's the most beautiful country, of course? I just didn't really know what to do at the time. And, uh-huh. and, I, and I came up here and fell in love with the, the landscape and the people that I met. I met incredible people. And... Um, the language, of course, mm-hmm. was really intriguing to me. So those three things, and I wasn't tied down to anything at the time, no partner, no dog, no car, no mortgage, mm-hmm. no um, rubber sheets on my bed, you know, none of that. Yeah. And so... It's time for a new pair of rubber sheets, so it's time to move to Iceland. Right. No plastic on the Davenport. Sure. No. I mean, literally none of that. Where were you living right before you moved to Iceland? I wasn't really, I was staying in, I was staying in places for months at a time. Like mm-hmm. I was in Berlin for quite a while, yeah. staying with a friend. Mm-hmm. I'd stay with people in London, sometimes in hotels or rentals, yeah. um, bed and breakfast, bed and breakfast. <laughs> Let's see, what's it called in modern talk? Let's see what's your, your bread, your bread, it's the a bread. bread and the, your bread and basket. That's a, what's it called? A timeshare? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Down in Florida, you get the lovely, you know, lovely views. You get the lovely access to the pool. Yeah, I had a timeshare in London on mm-hmm. the coast. Mm-hmm. And, um, you had to sit through that brochure meeting, though, right? <laughs> oh, boy. You said a mouthful there. <laughs> I certainly did. My goodness. For me, I mean, I'm sort of into that sort of thing. So, But I was also in Gothenburg, Sweden, spent a lot of time there. So I had a, my stuff was all scattered about, and I didn't really have a home. Yeah. So I decided to come and make a home here. And this is this is quite similar to a home, wouldn't you say? It's starting to have that oh, look yeah. to it. Absolutely. It could be confused for a home. Yeah, one could mistake this for a home, certainly. Thank you. Yeah, especially if they walk past it very quickly. They'd be like, what a home. That's yeah, such and a it home. doesn't take long to walk through it. No, well, no. Well, it takes a good amount of time. There's a 15, nice assortment of rooms. All the way through. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're running through, that's one thing. But right. I mean, try not to do that in someone else's place. I right. try not to. Anyway. I ask people not to run in the living room, at least, where mm-hmm. the vinyl is. Yeah, well, the vinyl's very delicate. It is delicate. I hmm. wonder if it's all melting right now in the sun. Could be. We'll check after a little while and see. Yeah, we did have a little bit of a worry there for a while. So we were we did. separating the soundtracks from the pop. And, some nervousness. Yeah, and then we realized that where we had gathered some of it, there's some direct sunlight on it. I was concerned that I was being a little bit too nervous about it, but we were both of the same mindset. So we were either helping each other or making it worse. Mm-hmm. You know, just like when we hung the pictures yesterday. Ooh. <laughs> Boy, do not look behind door two. That is, well, there's a mess behind there, isn't there? Yeah, well, there's a couple, uh, couple party faces. What do you want to call those little guys? Because John found this uh, little thing that was three nails in a circle, and it had a. Remember that old song, Three Nails in a Circle, sure. each one seeking happiness." That old druid hymn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Love that. Yeah, those are my favorites. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. The little devices are meant to be hammered into the wall and then you hang a picture off of them and they end up looking like little faces when you rip them off the wall is that right is that what you saw tiny haunted little faces yeah (laughs) right okay (laughs) wow i i'm looking forward to yeah maybe i did myself a little favor there by not seeing them as faces well no by doing it in the first place right because now when you take the picture down you have these little haunted faces right you can say hi too yeah yeah Maybe take a photo of them. Just let your mind, let your imagination run away with you. Yeah, and go and take a, whatever course it'd like to. Watch yeah. the Gnome Mobile. Is that around these days? The Gnome Mobile? Yeah. Do you remember that? No, I don't. From Disney? 
No, I don't. Oh, are you in for a treat? Really? Check it out. Is it a cartoon? No, it's a it's a, it's one of the Disney films from the seventies. Like, ooh, I love a live action Disney film. Yeah, yeah, those are great. Escape from which mountain? Escape to which mountain? I love escape off of which mountain? <laughs> escape escape within, up the side of yeah. yeah. Escape near which mountain? Oops, upside. Oops, the, <laughs> oops, upside, upside the which the mountain. mountain? Yeah, that yeah. One's... The Kim Richards films. Yeah, the Kim Richards vehicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you ever see Tough Turf? <laughs> No. <laughs> Tough Turf came out in like 86, 87. It's her, James Spader. I just saw a poster for that. For Tough Turf. It's an amazing poster, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And I need to see that movie. I think you do. Yeah. I know I have it on DVD. I could send you a rip of it. I don't know if it, you want it, need it on Blu-ray. I'm not sure. What's the Christine McNichol film with, is it White the White Dog? Or? Oh, I really want to see that. Samuel Fuller's White yeah. Dog. Yeah, yeah. That looks amazing. Kieran, I believe, has that. I have that here on Blu-ray. You do? Yeah. Oh, wow. On that Martha Ray? Mm-hmm. Well, on uh, that Martha Blu-ray, we, we've, we may have to watch that Martha Blu-ray, Martha uh, Dusty Blu-ray. Oh yeah. Fabulous. Martha's Dusty Blu-ray. Dus- Martha's Dusty Blu-ray. She serves a mean skate sandwich. She certainly does. <laughs> I thought that was skeet, but I guess. <laughs> no, no. Regional M- mesquite. Difference. Oh, mesquite. Yeah. Good old mesquita. Mesquite uh, skate. <laughs> that old mesquite skate is hanging out with old butter shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes old butter shoes around the corner, just squirting around the corner. <laughs> Doing the elk or fuffle shuffle. Oh. Whoa. Maeve wrote, hello, John and Craig. Hello, Maeve. Hey, Maeve. Happy to hear that you've reunited in the beautiful land of ice. Well, thank you, Maeve. Same here. Craig, have you grown in your Viking beard yet? No, I have not, actually. Um, I've no, maintained he hasn't. the uh, very, very well-groomed. Why, thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I'm going to maintain the uh, shape of my uh, facial hair for the time being and future predictive i don't know what I, how do you say that so and i'm just I, gonna say no and meanwhile i just look like i'm trying to recreate nick nolte's mugshot every day of the week 24 hours a day yeah i didn't know and what I'm it was really you were going succeeding. for yeah. i gotta say bravo to you sir bravo you. To you. <laughs> uh you're doing the lord's work oh, i appreciate you know. that uh you know when he was pulled over appreciate i think you. he was uh out of it on GHB, which is such a weird thing to imagine Nick Nolte ingesting. On. Yeah, on and ingesting before getting into a car. I don't know. It seems like everyone's doing it. Yeah, but this was like 10 years ago. I mean, Americans don't care about, you know, as the Brits say, drink driving. <laughs> That's right. So um, I didn't realize pedantic? it was. I don't know. So, yeah. So, like, is it illegal to drink orange juice then? Is that fit into the... The drink driving uh, yeah, yeah. limitations? Yeah, yeah, there can't be any liquid in the car. <laughs> no, 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 no. You take a drink of anything. Yeah. You better stop that goddamn car. You better stop that car and get out. That's right, because you're on the wrong side of the road anyway. Metaphysically speaking. Certainly. If, no, <laughs> if nothing else. Yeah, that's something I feel very comfortable with. Being uh, on the metaphysical wrong side of the road? <laughs> How about the wrong hey, side of man. the tracks? Yeah. <sighs> At least... Down in Thunder Alley. <laughs> back on the streets. <laughs> Tootsie too. Back on the streets. <laughs> Tootsie's back and she's not going to take it anymore. There's a new Tootsie in town. Oh, Tootsie. Oh, Tootsie. Question for us both. If we could have three wishes, what would they be? And this says unlimited future wishes do not count. So thank you, Maeve, for specifying that. Otherwise, we'd be here all day. Okay, I would own a house mm-hmm. of my choosings. Mm-hmm. I would um, I would have a CS80 from Yamaha uh, in perfect mint cherry condition. What color? Because you could get them in different colors. Have you ever seen the picture of Elton playing a uh, 
yellow one. He's in a pink suit. I think you have to see this photo. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a yellow CS80? Well, maybe they custom painted it for him, but... So CS80, for those of you... I'm not talking about a Black & Decker tool. <laughs> Wait. Craig. Black & Decker made tool? <laughs> no. Z. Oh, those. Okay. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I thought my foundation Circular was about to be saw, shooken. table saw, saber saw, a drill bit, monkey With wrench. With a neighbor saw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oof. Oof. Uh. Hey. Whoa. Uh, I'll find this picture and I'll pull it up later after we've stopped taping and we've both forgotten about it. Uh, yeah. So a CS80 Yamaha CS80, which is the instrument. Some of you might know from the beginning of you make my dreams come true by Hall and Oates. It is. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And used by Vangelis. I see. see. Vangelis. Yes. Rhymes with Los Angeles. Vangelis, not Vangelis, not Vangie. No. (laughs) Vangie. Um, from Blade Runner, that's the mm. CS80 baby all over the oh, okay. CS80. Yeah. Oh wait, is it a synth or is it a, that that uh, maybe I'm confusing them? I'm it's confusing a synth. Them? It's a giant synth that weighs several hundred pounds. Oh, see, I thought it was an electric piano. No, so I'm wrong. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I didn't know that's what you meant. I didn't. I didn't know about there being different colors. I mean, the SH101 from Roland. Yeah. Was issued in um, sort of a. A not tool? a charcoal gray. No, not as a circular saw, but as a keyboard. And um, though they did make more fabulous bandsaws, saw. yeah, they did make great bandsaws. Oh, I see what you're talking about. CS80. So strike what I said earlier about the uh, hollow notes thing. I'm gonna have to look up and see what that is. There is a type of small piano looking thing. That, that I'm sure that that was the best description I could have come well, up with. Well, you've whittled it down to about six billion possibilities there. Well, listen, I like to uh, narrow things down for people. So anyway, so that was only the second wish. I will get back to uh, my okay. corrections and omissions later. So what's second the third wish. one? Oh, yeah. And the third wish would be that um, Criterion, mm-hmm. are you listening, Criterion, would release The Goddess Wow, with oh. Kim Stanley. Okay. In a... In a stunning package. In a stunning turn of events. <laughs> in a, in a staggering. <laughs> bewildering. Bewildering, or as we say in Russian, which means if you break it down, of course, something that knocks you off your feet. I see. I see. Brian will be happy to hear that one. Yeah. For me, I think yeah, owning a house, owning a house like Lenny Kravitz's uh, house, at least his old house that I read about, where there was two houses connected by a fur-lined tunnel. So there was Normal House, and then there was Bizarro House. It was kind Is of this like, in Laurel's Canyon? I think it was in Laurel's Canyon, yeah. Yeah, that's in my book. Oh, okay, yeah. The tunnel. The Little Black Book? Wow. I've read about this. Yeah, it's an amazing... It's uh, an old thing. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's okay. been there since the Druids. Oh, sure, sure. No, it has. Millions of years before the dawn of history. No, it was during the dawn of history, I believe. Right in the middle of it. Uh-huh. Smack dab in the middle of the yeah. dawn of history. And that's why there's the fur lining, right? Because they were very into... Well, it was cold back then. No, but I hear he does have some light furring in his coronary arteries. Oh, yeah. We call that a light furring. A light furring? When stuff starts to collect in there. Oh, sure, yeah. So, um, hopefully he's taking care of that. Because, you know, he's mm-hmm. like us all. He's getting on in years. Well, I mean, he looks, you know, perfect from the outside. Yeah, but he's rotting. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have, He's rotting. <laughs> that doesn't mean he doesn't have any furring. Uh, so, oh, wait. Yeah, so my... The house something like that um and then the 
second. Well, I'm just going to skip to the third wish. No, uh, the second wish. By the way, my house would be Frank Lloyd Wright. Okay. Is there any specific Frank? Not the person, but one of his houses. Right. It wouldn't just be, this is my house, Frank Lloyd Wright. Hello. <laughs> um, do you have a specific Frank Lloyd Wright creation in mind? Oh, like Talese and West and Scottsdale, Arizona. But I can't get any more specific than that. No. Well, I mean, it's still a little vague, but that's all right. Thank you. Use your imagination out there, Hot Dog Club. Yeah, I uh, would like that very much. And then, uh, so I'll do the third wish before the second one. So I give that some time to breathe. Third wish would be, um, I guess, unlimited wealth because it makes everything else easier. Dang it. Sorry. Well, look, I have unlimited wealth. What is this? The monkey's paw? It might be. This is the trouble. If this is a monkey's paw thing, Maeve, and, we, and after we finish our wishes, our soul goes uh, off by special parcel delivery to Satan. I have a <laughs> small issue with you. So just wow. try, not to, try not to make that be the case. And we'll yeah. find out soon, though, by the end of the episode. So, Thank you. Unlimited wealth. But of course, see, John, we're friends. I have unlimited wealth in this scenario. That means whatever you want we can get so that means all the blu-rays right bless your polyester cotton blend compression hose my thank thank you you. thank you sir and uh, then back to the second wish i guess the third one would make this uh, one just easy to have a personal chef that could make anything i wanted at any time nice wouldn't that be great wouldn't that be just amazing quinoa salad sure 24 7 that's right breakfast lunch dinner and and your midday snack as well let's see um, cottage cheese and pineapple whenever you want it butt week buck uh pardon me i remember butt week yeah, yeah, I was looking. For, I was looking at the trailer for Heat, starring Joe D'Alessandro, the other night. So that's where this is coming from. But <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's where Butt Week does come yeah. from. Yeah. Butt Week, yeah. <laughs> Buck Wheat Ricotta Orange Blossom Pancakes. Ooh, yeah, that would be a treat. That would yeah. be a treat. Uh, coffee with cream. You know, you need a personal chef for that sort of thing. Wow, I would never even allow myself to go into that type of luxury <laughs> really why not well coffee with cream i mean that's just asking for it oh yeah no you're right it's like tempting the fates yeah it's like flying too close to the sun it's true icarus would know icarus knows yeah that's the secret part of that story you use a conditional but he does know sure <laughs> listen i'm prone to conditionals what can i say you did mention my oh, silky sure. hair earlier so how do you think yeah. i get that when i'm home yeah <laughs> Point taken. Thank you. Thank you. Ogilvy all the way. Maybe that's what's wrong with my hair. I always use a subjunctive. Yeah. Well, listen, just try switching it up. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Different things for different hair types. That's what we say on the show, right? That's our motto. Uh, So those are our three wishes. And then Maeve adds, see you at DragCon in 14 days. Well, see you there. Uh, Looking forward to that. We're going to be doing our big live show, Brian and I, at the DragCon. It's our first live podcast. Wow. Cool. (laughs) You don't have to stifle the yawn. It's quite all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Critica Darling wrote Heavy question for both of you Did either of you have a path not taken in your life And if so, do you regret not taking it? Sometimes I, I wanted to be an actor mm-hmm. When I was young And you know, my parents were like No son of ours is going to You know mm-hmm. So I, I tried to do something respectable But of course it didn't work <laughs> Just turned into being a musician I just turned yeah. into being a musician yeah. <laughs> Sorry, composer A composer, yeah yeah, I, I sort of regret that sometimes, you know, that I didn't follow that path. Mm-hmm. But you can become an actor in your 60s, so. That's true. That's true in a lot of performances acting anyway. Isn't that right, folks? So that gives me 10 years. Yeah. 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 That, there you go. Thank you. And um, nine years, because your birthday's coming up. 
I don't mean to be pedantic you about it. Sweetheart, but you. I try to just make you full of cheer and joy with every word I say. Oh my goodness. Mm. Uh, I also wanted to be an actor when I was a kid. I also, uh, as a youth, as a youth, wanted to be a screenwriter. I thought about that. I remember wanting to write a sequel to Meatballs Two. I was very young, so that seemed like a perfectly acceptable route to go. You could definitely do that too. I think I could. And I think I could have then. You are going to do that. I'm going to. That's right. There's been some sequels to Meatballs 2, but I don't think uh, one of the kind of quality that Meatballs 2 deserves. And I'm trying to remember if Meatballs 2 is the one that has an alien in it. I think it is. Kim Richards is in Meatballs 2. And sadly, it's not really? available on the Blu-ray, I don't think. Yeah, Meatballs wow. 2 is a fascinating movie. It's got, um, what's, what's Richard Mulligan? I don't know anything about this. Oh, we're going to have to check this out. I loved it as a kid. This is going to have to be researched. Certainly. Thoroughly. Exhaustively. Exhaustively. Absolutely. <laughs> There's no sleep till Meatballs 2. Max Dugan Returns, a not-so-great Neil Simon film from 1984, made me want to write something. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it's I thought I'd do better than that. Also, we can take a break at any time, if you want. Have a coffee, a water, whatever you'd like. You want to have a coffee? I'm really suffering right now. Anytime we're taping, anytime, just always say, like, I want to do this, and we can pause. Okay, see, I'm not used to this world. Oh, just... Sorry, folks. Oh, 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 God, wait. (laughs) Cut cut, cut that out. Wait, wait. Uh, Uh, Jane. 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 (laughs) So we're going to pause. We've had our coffee and soda. John's enjoying a Coke Zero. Oh my goodness. What does it say on the top of the Coke Zero can? It says zero. It says... It says, you've never been this bloated before. <laughs> with like a... It has the, the, it has the uh, Latin punctuation. Oh, okay. With the upside down exclamation marks oh, at the beginning. Yeah. And then the, you know, three of each. Yeah. So a total of six. Ups, okay. Three upside down and three regulars. Yeah. Yeah, and I believe it. Listen, Coca-Cola does not make promises they cannot fulfill. Thank you. And I was surprised because uh, usually when I look for a Coke Zero, it'll say zero on it somewhere. But uh, there it just says, uh, you've never been this I love how this is totally, is all capitalized. You've never been this bloated before. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, 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 it speaks to like an understanding of the language. Intonation is so key in English. It is. Yeah. Emphasis. Yeah. Because we only use a couple of words. So you need the intonation. So about 15, 16 words. Is the uh, norm, I think, for yeah. vocabulary. Yeah, I think so. And mm-hmm. it's probably just about as much as you want. You might think you want more. You don't. What are you going to do with those words? Cut to scene from 1984. <laughs> Newspeak. We want the Newspeak. Dictionary's getting tinier every year. Podcast getting a lot shorter. Oh, boy. Isn't that just not true, though? Isn't That's it? so not true. Isn't yeah. that just not true? Well, we're doing everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen. Well, just like think of all the music that's been made from those, you know, just those few little notes on the piano. That's true. And at all least, the different combinations. Sure. At least 32 to 37 songs. Was I... Uh distorting there for a minute i think that that, that would be a combination of factors I you think know what i'd like to bring a... up something if i can just interrupt for a second i'd Please like do. to bring up something that's Please on my do. heart yes um something that you and i were been talking about quite a bit yeah this is a message to all people re-releasing things on vinyl things mm-hmm. on blu-ray mm-hmm. will you please stop it with the horrible new artwork the reimagining usually the reimagining i mean there is great fan artwork out there yeah I'm not you know there's beautiful stuff on mondo there's all sorts of great things happening but i mean for example the re-release of xanadu oh. the original xanadu poster it's is one of the greatest uh, is one of the greatest of yeah. designs that ever happened absolutely yeah and it's just 
a travesty what they're putting on the front of those things. And I really would really love to know what goes on in those meetings. Like, let's see, we can't do something tasteful, so let's do this. Because people are not reacting to tasteful and beautiful and incredible and perfect. So, so let's go ahead and do something that's going to be soul-crushing and something that's going to make it impossible for people to function throughout the day. I think that must be sort of like the the brain, what the brainstorming meetings must sound like. The workshops. At the workshopping. When yeah. they're workshopping those covers. I think that's true, and I think also they must try to get something very pedestrian that might be a word that's thrown around a lot or quotidian quotidian for sure prosaic as base as their um, desires are they do have a couple bits of language in there mm. maybe over and above the 15 16 words yeah but there's some there are some ugly motherfucking reissues yeah. and sadly these are the definitive versions now yeah and it's hurtful and the people that are creating these things they're saying to you i think you're a dumb cunt here's proof <laughs> I just want to let you know there's documentation yeah. in this product that you've been forced to buy because you can't live without this item because mm-hmm. you cannot because you're because your raggedy old VHS won't even play anymore. That's so right. you've been forced into this. Mm-hmm. You want a widescreen transfer? Well, guess what? Coming with that is this garbage artwork. Mm-hmm. It's basically like a like a, an online minister, like online priest certificate. Yeah. You know, like that says, "I hate you. You're a cunt." <laughs> And you got to pay for that certificate. Pay a, a steep price. Yeah. Yeah. A comely sum. <laughs> I remember the comely sum. A goodly sums. sum. <laughs> a comely girl. A girdly sum. A, gir- a girdly. <laughs> a girdly sum. A girdly smith. A girdly. Yeah. A girdly girl. A girdly lass is a comely. Uh, is a comely sum. Yeah. Yeah. As cumbersome as it is, oh, yeah, I don't remember yeah. how it goes, but it's an old Russian proverb. And you know the Russians know the meaning of cumbersome. Well, sure. Certainly. If you've ever been to Moscow. What's the heating and air conditioning like in uh, Russia? You know, it's just like that central heating that's just, it goes on in the winter. And it's just on. And it's on, full blast. Mm. So you got, you know, you're having like, people are having like luau's in their living rooms, you know. Yeah. And then you go outside and it's like skin, which has been exposed to the elements, becomes frostbitten in minus six nanoseconds sure yeah so, so you have to then load up on your layers before you leave the uh, over hot oven of a house which usually leads to a stroke somewhere between the elevator and the front entrance before <laughs> we get back to listener questions this is something that we've been talking about for a while this is betty davis on faye dunaway now do we want the five minute clip or the one and a half minute clip is that really a question think- <laughs> i'll just cut that out <laughs> yeah go ahead and cut that comment out don't tweet about that so good. So who's one of the worst people you know in Hollywood? That I worked with? Or that you wouldn't want to work with again. If you don't, you don't have to comment one, on that. One million dollars, Faye Dunaway. <laughs> Everybody you can put into this chair will tell you exactly the same thing. <laughs> what is it about Miss Dunaway that makes her... Well, she's just totally impossible. Really? Yes. I don't think we have the time to go into all the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> She just, let's put it, she is just uncooperative. She's not good. Totally. Miss Dunaway is for Miss Dunaway. We uh, did Amy Seville McPherson in Denver, Colorado, in a big, big tabernacle. I was Amy's mother. She was playing Amy, of course. So 5,000 people who are going to get box lunches come into the tabernacle. 20 minutes later, we are still all sitting there. Uh... Amy Semple has not appeared, Miss, Miss Dunaway at all. The audience was getting a little upset, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. 
So I thought, well, you better do something. <clears throat> so I said, well, I think I'll entertain you for a while while we wait. And I sang, I've written a letter to Daddy. And I sang the whole song for them, which helped a little bit. It helped. <laughs> no, she truly, all seriousness, really. On. She's very unprofessional. I see. Difficult woman. Really. Well, you've had you had a reputation at certain times of being kind of tough yourself. Oh no, I never had really? a reputation of that kind of thing. No, no, no. Oh. Never. No, no, no. I have never behaved in an unprofessional manner. Right. Ever. No. That includes keeping actors waiting, keeping crews waiting, all those things. No. Yeah. Never, never, never. Well, you are you are a true professional. That, that's for sure. Yes, that is really what she isn't. Yeah, she's nice. <laughs> so a comic master as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we covered exactly. that pretty good. Uh, <laughs> that is exactly what she isn't. <laughs> oh, oh, and here's her with Larry King discussing the same you, yeah, do you subject. Do you work with Faye Dunaway, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> like her? Well. Tell me, Betty. Uh, no, Miss Dunaway is well aware, because I said this on Carson. She's a very difficult co-star. She's very unprofessional, and I think we should leave it at that. It was not a good she's, she, she's No, she's very, very difficult. Very sort of self-centered, unprofessional. Yeah, that's about all. A professional is... On time, answer. on time, knowing lines, being there for the makeup man when he wants you. She's not a professional girl at all. Uh, Have you had other... Neither was Errol Flynn. He got away with murder. He could be late every day. And, uh... Didn't that annoy fellow actors? Well, it used to make me very sad that I never got more praise for being professional, you know. But I had to do it my way, and he did it his way. Right. Were there, were there, uh, you don't have to name them, were there others along the way who no. you worked with for the first time that disappointed you? No, 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 no. No, most... At, we all really get along, honestly. Way back a hundred years ago, there was an actress, Miriam Hopkins, who was impossible. And those are the only two, two, I don't believe in talking about people you've worked with. That's like airing your dirty linen in public. Your what now? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the Debbie Lippman and Bubba. Airing your dibbity dibbities in public. <laughs> in the public. Gary Collins Show. You very seldom talk about people. In the book, you make mention of a couple of people, and I've heard you on other shows. One was uh, uh, a fairly big star in Hollywood, Faye Dunaway. Aha, uh -huh, yes. And you, you I'll raise my glass never to Miss Faye Dunaway. Never, never. Why was that? She is the most incredibly inconsiderate woman I have ever worked with, except years ago. Miriam Hopkins mm -hmm. was impossible, and all of us thought so. But Miss Dunaway, no. Well, no do, you think, do you think we pamper people here too much? I mean, we create the problems that then we're stuck with, in a sense? You know, what do you mean by that? Well, we allow this kind of, well, in other words, yes, if I go back producers. into the book, or we go back into yes, the book and we the talk. the money people. Right. The people back of us who give the money, they have Spoiled people like Faye Dunaway. They should charge her for the cost of a day. She's very vague, but... <laughs> yeah, she doesn't single out specific incidents, but no. it does sound like there were many and possibly one every day. Exactly. Do you know about the story that might may or may not be true that Faye Dunaway on the set of Chinatown 
told Roman Polanski that she had to go to the bathroom and she was in the, a scene where she's sitting in a car and he kept saying, no, 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 because we have to get this shot. And it kept going on and on. And so she said, Roman, come here for a moment. And he came over and she's like, I got something to tell you. I have to ask you something. He leaned in and she threw a cup of piss in his face. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, that's professional. That is professional. Now, this site seems to have a lot of... Um, Beefs. <laughs> is it called Where's the Beef? <laughs> Where's the Beef? That's right. Where's the Diva Beef? So maybe Where's later we'll, we'll get into Lauren Bacall and Catherine Hepburn. Who, uh, Catherine Hepburn does not seem to be one who was a jolly sort, right? She had a lot of shade well, for Jane Fonda. Well, it was Fonda. that Puritan upbringing. It was that, yeah, that's, uh, Massachusetts. that Northeastern. Yeah. Massachusetts. Oof, Oof. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's a rough one. Both she and Betty love to brag about that. Oh, yeah, that's They're, right. You know, just like really glorifying it and talking about how lucky they were. Nothing's worse than a but, boastful Puritan. But Hepburn seemed very severe. Hepburn seemed very severe, and she was yeah not that friendly with Jane Fonda, I think. No. No. But Jane did get um, some kudos from her for doing that dive into the water and on Golden's Ponds. Oh, yeah. On, 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 on Golden's Ponds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've only seen the Scandinavian <laughs> version of that. That's Und Golden Pond. Right? Yes. Yeah. What would that sound like if it was said with a heavy Danish accent? Oh, man, that's a good one. I can't do the Danish accent very well, I must mm-hmm. say. Well, how about Icelandic? On Golden Pond. <laughs> on Golden Pond. Uh, um, Dan- what'd you say? Icelandic. Uh, on Golden Pond. There you go. Which is actually the name of the street that you live on. On Golden Pond. <laughs> yes. Adil wrote, last time on one of my favorite whimsically volatile episodes, you talked about Suspiria. So my question to John is, have you watched the remake in the meantime? No, I haven't watched it yet. But I'm, I'm, I, feel, I feel myself gearing up for it. Mm-hmm. I've been gearing I'm up for it. I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah. I mean, Tilda Swinton is one of my favorites. I love yeah. to watch her. So she looks like she's really fun to watch in that. And I have the Tom, I bought the Tom York score mm-hmm. because somebody in a record store was like, no, you have to get this. You need just, this. Just get it. Listen, I was skeptical as well. And I'm telling you, just get it. Yeah. You get it. So I have it, but I haven't listened to it yet. Sometimes do you like to have a score and listen to it before you see the film? Mm, I've never thought about it that way, no. Mm-hmm. I've never done I don't I've never done that consciously. In fact, I've never done it at all. Well, in fact, I've never had a thought even remotely approaching what what do you what were you about to say? Well, no, and I want to hear the end of your uh screed. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> no, it's just something I've never thought about doing that way. It's interesting thought, but I haven't. We well, actually did the other day cuz you bought the Phenomena soundtrack. Right, but I wasn't I wasn't, it wasn't thinking, intentional. No, no I just no. happened to buy it and I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But I didn't intend to listen to the score before seeing the film. Right, right, right. It wasn't that. So there's no choice. intent. No, right. So in a, And certainly no criminal intent. Or a criminal in a tent. There's no criminals in tents anywhere near this subject. No, certainly not. Or the scenario. No. So Adil says thank you, or as you speak German, and I'm gonna try this and probably won't go well. Is this person from Germany? Uh they did not indicate. What's how's the name spelled? I-D-I-L. Wait, no, I-D... Yeah, I-D-I-L. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she's German. Idilu? Idilu would be then... The German pronunciation of the German name. And then let's see if I can get this right. She says, thank you, or as you speak German, Dankeschön und viel Grüße aus Stuttgart. Aha, viel Grüße aus Stuttgart. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, thank you. Many, oh, many greetings. Yeah, many okay. greetings from Stuttgart. Oh, terrific. Oh, so she's, I guess, in Stuttgart. Yeah, so Idila. Question to me from Idila. Is that right? Idila. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you eat one of the famous Icelandic hot dogs in honor of Hot Dog Club? Enjoy the rest of your stay. XXO from Germany. 
Uh, I did not yet, but then yesterday you told me about the uh, Icelandic uh, hot dog. And now, what does that comprise? They're quite good. I mean, they have these crunchy fried onions. Mm, that sounds good. Crisps. Yeah. You know, like from your, not quite the same as your uh, green bean casserole, but mm, sure. sort of that in that direction, you know, the French's fried onion rings. Yes. Or oh, absolutely. Those yeah. are great. Those are terrific. And you have quite a terrific cookbook that has a lot of those casserole yes. recipes in it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love me a Midwest casserole. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. A lot of recipes with tomato soup in them. And cream and mushroom soup, of uh-huh. course. And, and ground beef. And ground beef. Everything's made with cream and mushroom soup. And ground beef. Even, yeah. you know, champagne punch has cream and mushroom soup in it. <laughs> that's the Midwestern touch. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's the Midwestern touch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so they have the, you can have, when they ask you what you want on it, and then if you say everything, they put the crunchy fried onions on there, which are f- delicious. Yeah. Then they will put regular onions on there. Wow. Double then onions. Then there's a remoulade sauce. Mm. Yeah. Which they put on there. And then mustard. Uh-huh. Like a spicy, spicy, more of a spicy mustard. Sure, yeah. And then ketchup, and then the hot dog itself is somewhere under all that. Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. somewhere. And it's usually one of those horrible 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 buns you know just the the wonder bun oh the wonder bun (laughs) yeah sure that sort of thing a thunder bun perhaps Mm -hmm. immediately turns to sugar before even entering your mouth you just glance at it and it just turns into like a candy bar yeah right exactly (laughs) and you immediately have a sugar crash exactly (laughs) well this is before it enters your system yeah no before you need that little sugar crash that you can then (laughs) only enhance with the uh, tube of meat and the pound of toppings, and the and the hot dog bun has those little eyes like the snake in in uh, Jungle Book. Oh, the sure, little yeah. Swirly eyes, the trust in me thing. But it only says like one or two words. It doesn't have extended vocabulary or anything. That's right, and it just makes and that's how it makes its way down into your gullet through sorcery, hypnosis, sorcery, all that sort of thing. Oh, the dark arts, which we the like. dark arts, yeah, yeah, we approve of those. So uh-huh. I'm looking forward to having my uh, dark arts hot dog later. I'm currently reading that book, Grain Brain. Tell everyone about that a little bit. You told me a little bit. It's just about how carbohydrates and sugar are ruining your life permanently, causing irreversible brain damage. Yeah, yeah. As you're saying that, you're making a hand puppet symbol. Yeah, it's just sort of, because it's not me saying this. Oh, it's your little friend. This is Danny from, this is Captain Howdy mixed with... um, Yogurt? (laughs) This is Captain Howdy mixed with yogurt. And what was Danny's friend in... in, um, Cujo? Oh, oh, uh, Scatman Crothers. Scatman Crothers. (laughs) Yes. Was it, was it Lupo? Um, what was his... Um, Beasley. What was his Captain Howdy name? Tom Bosley. <laughs> Tom Bosley. Okay, bingo. Let's, listen, Marion. Bingo. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was his name, Bingo? Was no, his Tom name Bosley. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. Okay. You just sent me down. Marion. Wow. <laughs> I'm in a deep, deep, dark cave there's all sorts of stalactites and stalagmites Mm -hmm. and just a flickering light and you can't quite reach the on off switch (laughs) that fuse is blown right as you turn it on you got to go turn it on again a lot of guano up in here too (laughs) plenty of guano yeah yeah and the fumes the fumes oh there's no shortage of guano in this episode Mm -mm. Uh -uh. no Mm -mm. way no we wouldn't stand for it No. no speaking of stalactites i'm gonna read the next question is james coburn oh boy this next one is from jamie appleton am i still holding on to it yes okay This would be James Coburn in Looker. John's episode is one of my absolute favorite episodes of any podcast ever. Whenever I have a personal breakthrough, I listen to it. So it has become very special to me. Wow. John, you seem to have a vast knowledge of music. As an aspiring opera singer myself, I'm curious. Have you listened 
and or do you like opera? I feel like you would really dig Strauss, especially his opera Electra or Puccini's Tosca. The orchestration feels very cinematic in those. And if you don't like opera, that's totally fine. Everything isn't for everyone. Hope you have lots of fun in Iceland. I want to go one day and see the Northern Lights. Best, Jamie. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Thank you, James. Yes. That's that's pretty damn good. Thank you very I'm really much. Really feeling that. I appreciate that. Um, it's all about the teeth. If you imagine you have his teeth, you go right through. It is a yeah. obstacle, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. yeah. What was that? The All Star Obstacle Course that they oh, used to have. On? Oh yes, yes. I love that. I have a bunch of that. All Star Celebrity Ram Jam. Uh, All Star <laughs> Celebrity <laughs> Endurance Test. All Star uh, Celebrity Contractual Obligation. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I can't remember what those are called, and it was a very specific name. Uh, you know, there's a, there was a rock and roll variation too, so the Runaways are involved. Like, so Joan Jett is then playing with Life Garrett, I think. No way. Yeah, I have it. I'll send it to you. Um, I'm sensing a wormhole coming on oh, here. Oh, a big one, a big one, an inescapable one, full of guano. What was that called? Celebrity? No, S- Battle of the Network type TV Stars. Right? Mm, Wasn't mm. it that? It was, it was a yes, battle? Yes, Battle of the Network TV Stars. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's exactly it. Thank you. You're welcome. I think I have eight volumes of it. Do you really? I really do, yeah. I need to see that. Yeah, I will rip those and send them. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. You know, um, Jamie, that's a good question. I do like opera, I'm, I, but I, I've never really sort of delved into it, so I don't really know anything about it, mm-hmm. except, you know, the the classics, some of the things that you were mentioning there, but I'll check out Strauss. Thank you for that. I remember um, loving Jesse Norman and Diva. Wasn't, wasn't that Jesse oh, Norman? Oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? That's a fine film, if those of you out yeah. there are not familiar with it. She's an incredible singer. And it's a cool premise, too. There's something to do with a bootleg tape, right? Something or other. Something or other, yeah. It's about the bootleg It's been industry. a long time since I've seen it. Same here. I haven't seen it since... And uh, there's, a, there's a Blu-ray out now, a nice new Blu-ray. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it on Blu-ray. The last time I saw it was VHS. Which does not have the original artwork on it. Oh, see, that's another crime against nature because the artwork for that is so fantastic. It's so good. The blue and the pink. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yellow, blue, pink, yellow. More yellow. Well, less, but... Oh, sure, but it's just there. Just a splash. Yeah. Splashy yellow is all you really very need. Very present. What's that? Very present, though, indeed. It's very present, indeed. And the blue is startling electric blue. So if that doesn't sell you the movie, I don't know what does. Uh, and Jamie, thank you very much for the question. And thank you for your comments on the episode of that podcast, that Whimsically Volatile show. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I've heard good things about the show, so I'm looking oh, forward cool. to checking it out someday. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'll let you know what I think. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I've heard the hosts are nice. and Huh. I haven't heard any of that. Nah. No. I'm making it up about that. I haven't, you know, there's not much scuttlebutt about them. There was a kerfuffle, though. There was definitely a kerfuffle. A bit of a shuffle as well. <laughs> Rachel Jordizamo wrote, Hi, John. I loved your previous episode, and it was so inspiring. My question is, you have such a deep and interesting outlook on life. How did you get to such a place? Mm, is it the I-10 think... or the... No. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love the Californians on Saturday Night Live. This is one of my favorite sketches ever, and it was made even better after I moved there because I had just been to Fry's Electronics, and they always mentioned, Oh, I went, you know, it's best Fry's Electronics. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but do people really talk that way about, I took the one over to like, <laughs> there's a, uh, there's certainly some truth or in whatever. There. People just, do talk about that a lot. Yeah. Whereas I just follow the GPS. So I'm not. Cause it's just a labyrinth. It's a labyrinth. And also I don't, that's not information that I store well in my head. Yeah. Actually, I was quite impressed with myself when I managed to find my way back to your dentist the other day. That was impressive. 
Do you use Waze? Uh, no, I never really use Waze. I don't drive much anymore. I used to all the time. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've not had a car for a long stretch of time since I was in my teens. And I've kind of enjoyed it because I, you know, I don't have much call to drive long distances. But then when I do and have to take a long Uber, I try to not be a baby about being like, I have to get in an Uber for 40 minutes. Well, I would have driven anyway. So right. um, Google Maps or whatever, I think is great. I just like all the pretty colors on Waze. Mm-hmm. Find it mesmerizing. Blue in traffic. Pink. Yeah. Yellow. Splash of yellow. Splash of yellow. So always, sure. That's enough. Well, more than that, on a uh, an app that's supposed to help you get places will overwhelm you. See, that's the thing. You don't want to be overwhelmed when you're driving. No, it's like painting a uh, child's room a certain color, right? Won't yellow make them insane or something? <laughs> really? Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I do think of lemon meringue pie a lot when we're talking about this color. <laughs> As you said, that a bunch of changes fell out of your pocket. Yeah, which for some exactly. reason was more of a visual, exactly. funny, but it was funny. So I think of lemon rain, and good. then the change just went whoop. Yeah. yeah, I really hate that phenomenon <laughs> of change just falling out all over the place. For some reason, it, it always means something bad. And negative. <laughs> it's, it's a foreboding yeah. moment. Yeah. There was a question here somewhere. Oh, yeah. How did you get to your place? Yeah, I think just being curious about getting over all the barriers in my brain and wanting to figure out how to get where I want to go. So you have to be interested in, in these things, wanting to, wanting to build good relationships. I don't really know. I I guess I just, you know, I always wanted to be part of a community. So I, I want to be out there in the world. I want to show up for my life and, you know, do some living Yeah, and enjoy it. Right. And in order to show up, I think you have to, you have to get in there deep and work through your stuff, whatever it is. Everybody's got it. Oh, yeah. Um, of course, everything is uniquely different to each individual, but I don't know. It's a good question. It just it just has been that way for me. I just, I mean, there was just a lot of, I was, you know, I've been in my way a lot. You know, there mm-hmm. was a lot of things that happened when I was younger that I had trouble um, dealing with and then as a result of that, I think when you become an adult and it's time for you to take responsibility for yourself and go out there and live, I think what stops a lot of people is like, well, I didn't, I didn't screw myself up. You know, this happened yeah. because of, you know, the things, this happened because of, you know, whatever family you were born into or whatever things happened to you or whatever um, trauma that you experienced. Yeah. It's one of the cruel truths about life that no matter what was done to you or happened to you, yeah. you are responsible for yourself as an adult and you're responsible for making a life for yourself. Right. And it seems sort of like a, it's a cruel truth because, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't, you weren't necessarily the person that got yourself all screwed up in the first place. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then somehow you have to figure out how to untangle. And then you have to figure things. out how to untangle this mess. And it takes <laughs> years, decades, a lot of times. Which is a good thing to remember, too, for anyone listening who is struggling with something or trying to work through something mm-hmm. or even especially at the beginning of, of that journey, mm-hmm. because it can seem like an insurmountable task or it uh, does. obstacle it yeah. does but i find that i find one of the things that's true is when you're when you're in a place where you think i'm never going to learn to love or allow myself to be loved or never going to be able to learn to love myself or i'm never going to be able to get away from this rage that i feel or i'm never going to be able to go out into the world and have um healthy interactions with people <laughs> yeah you know there's lots of great things that happen every day if you just show up you know if you go out if you if you're doing the work mm-hmm. if you're trying to get to the bottom of things there's all sorts of great things that happen along the way yeah and the 
the distance from here to there is not anywhere near as long as you think it is. And there's lots of little victories along the way that help you get to the next thing. Oh, that's really, so, that's beautiful. You know, you take off little bites, at the, you take off little bites, you get through the day, you know, and do your best not to cause new damage mm -hmm. from yourself. Which is how I like to think about me in that Omnom bar, but we'll get back to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, people, people have trauma done to them. People have horrible things done to them yeah. in their childhoods. And then they, at some point, a lot of us, um, it's like the baton is passed to us and we internalize what was done to us. And then we start doing damage ourselves. Right. Then we start spreading this damage after internalizing what was done to us. Exactly. And so it's, we want to drop, you want to drop that fucking baton on the floor and leave it there. Yeah. Throw it into the fireplace. <laughs> right. As quickly you know? as possible. Yeah. Yeah. As quickly as possible. And just, you know, stop that pattern of continuing the damage to right. yourself and yeah. to, because it spills out into your surroundings. Mm -hmm. Like baked beans and a musical or. Certainly. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it can be very, very painful. You have to do it at your pace. Mm -hmm. It can be very painful to visit these things. So you need to do it with somebody that you feel comfortable with. You can't do it alone. There's lots of different ways of doing it. But once you start that process, I think it's difficult to go back once you know what's going on, once you recognize sure. all the mechanisms that are, you know, that come into play. Yeah. You start that process, you can't really go back, so... I say, I say, just start and keep going. Don't quit. Um, and you will eventually get there. I mean, I still get frustrated. I still have a lot of stuff to deal with. Still have a lot of stuff that I'm working through, but life is definitely much more doable, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm building good relationships, which is an amazing thing, you know? Yeah. When you talked about things spilling over into the other parts of your life, if you don't start working on whatever it is you have to work on, like things are going to get worse. Yeah and things can get a lot worse <laughs> yeah i right, mean right. you know you know just because you haven't killed anybody yet and your alcoholism doesn't mean that that's not right around the corner when sure. you decide that you know that it's when you decide ah, I, I do i do need to drive when i'm drunk i mean i drove all the time when i was drunk i think anyone who's drank you know? heavily probably yeah has, and i'm know? lucky i didn't kill anybody sure you know? but that's a lot of people aren't that lucky that's right the odds of something bad happening and with that kind of stuff going on. They go, it's just so high. The luck runs out on people. Yeah. Or, you know, things that aren't as severe or that don't seem as severe, like say codependency. Right. And things like this, which can really make your life into a mess. Absolutely. Like yeah. an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Getting out of that is very difficult. Untangling, because mm -hmm. these things, they are woven through every fiber of your being. Right. And have been for decades. Yeah. And so working through that is, is, a, is an extremely daunting task and it's super painful, but the rewards are incredible. And especially when you don't even know what these things are. Exactly. You don't know what's coming. That's one of the things that's so sad about suicide is that when people get to that level of where they've lost perspective to that extent, yeah. it's understandable that people, I, I mean, I totally have understanding for the fact that people get into a situation where they feel like suicide is the only answer. Right. But I would encourage people who are getting to that place to try and have the thought, I have completely lost perspective, and this isn't the truth about my situation. Yeah. That is the truth about where you're at, not that you should commit suicide. Exactly. Um, find somebody to help you get perspective. Right. And I mean, it's difficult. It's very difficult. It's difficult to find somebody that you can work with too. Sure. Which can seem very daunting. It's like, oh, now I have to find somebody because therapists, psychologists, all those people, they're people too. And they're flawed people. Right. 
there's sickos out there too. Sure. Absolutely. Who are just looking to control, who are just looking, who, you know, who, who haven't figured out how their damage is spilling out into their surroundings. Mm -hmm. We may not think there's anything wrong with them. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's tough to find somebody to work with, but you can find somebody. And also don't let a couple bad matches put you off that process. Exactly. Just go somewhere else. Yeah. You don't, it's never think I've got to make this work because I'm trying to do this. Yes, you want to keep going. You definitely don't want to quit. You want to get your perspective back so you can live a great life. Yeah. Um, in spite of whatever horrors you've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean you have to do it with that person. If you if you know in your gut when something's not right, get out of there, find somebody else. That's so true. Don't waste your time. And that's true in every aspect of life. You, it really you, is. You know, tr- listen to your gut instinct. Your gut instinct is yeah. always right. It's an animal reaction i mean when you're involved like me for example in lots of skewed behavior and you know a pile of neuroses and depression and all this stuff it can be very difficult to listen to your gut feeling sure absolutely. it can be very difficult to to recognize it mm-hmm. you know but um i think it's something we can know and it's something you can pretty much know and when you don't know talk to some people that you trust about it help them you know Get some perspective from a few different opinions. Not somebody that's just going to tell you what you want to hear. True. I mean, we all have family, so <laughs> just go to them. You know? They won't sugarcoat it for yeah, you. Yeah, they, they love to not sugarcoat. Right. Yeah. It's easy to say, always listen to your gut instinct, but all of us still fall afoul of not doing that or sort of having that thought in your head and think, thinking, no, but I can make this work. And it happens to yeah. everyone. That, yeah. I think that's also a good red flag that I can make, I, you know, I'll stick to this and I'll... It's not like piano lessons. You want to stick to your piano lessons because, yeah. you know, you haven't played piano before and you want to. So yeah. stick to that. But when something is uncomfortable, you get a, a dead feeling about something. Yeah. And you get a dread. You get something in your stomach. You you feel something's not right. I mean, healing and and good words, it doesn't come with that. That's right. Yeah, It doesn't come with dread. And so, you know, just get out of there. Go somewhere else. You don't have to make it work. It's It's not worth it. And it, yeah, and you can't change people. That's very you cannot true. change people. Yeah, if you think about how difficult it has been for you to change your habits mm-hmm. for yourself, mm-hmm. the person that you have direct access to, <laughs> <laughs> you can usually make an appointment with. Yeah, exactly. Then you realize how impossible it is to change someone else. Can't be done. No, it cannot. Mike F wrote, "Hi, Craig and John. Well, hi, Mike. Hi, Mike." John's episode was one of my favorites. See, this is a recurring theme. Well, that's so lovely. That episode is what introduced me to his music. Well, that makes me very, very happy. Now Mike owns all of your solo records and the last two Zars records. Oh, wow. Bless your heart. (laughs) (laughs) Mike also writes, I honestly love them all. Your version of Where the Boys Are makes me melt. Anyway, onto my question. You were brutally honest and open in interviews. Do you ever have times where you wish you had held back and kept some of your thoughts, feelings, or experiences private? Mm, Not really. I mean, sure, there's times when I'm unsure, but I always try to be tactful. Mm-hmm. But I mean, some stuff is just ugly. The thing is, I don't feel like people, I don't feel like we're very mysterious. I think we all have this crap. I mean, yeah. your stuff may not look like mine. It may not have anything to do with being gay. It may not have anything to do with any of the stuff that I deal with. Mm-hmm. But it's all the same crap. So I feel like talking about it usually gives you access to people. Yeah. Because I'm looking for a community. Sure. And these people come out of the woodwork. You know, people come out, you know, people that don't want to hear this kind of thing, you know, they just go and listen to something else they don't listen to this you know right exactly so um i feel like you just find your you find your group by being honest about what's going on with you there are a lot of things that i hold back i don't want to talk nasty about other people you know in my interviews so maybe i would feel bad about myself if i 
if I was feeling bitchy or something because I hadn't eaten and I got off track and was mm-hmm. concentrating on other people's shit instead of my stuff. Yeah. I don't want to do that because it just doesn't do anybody any good. Although I don't seem to have a problem talking about the commander in chief. Well, but I mean, that's fair enough. You know, I'm not, I'm certainly not perfect in interviews in any way, but I feel like talking about, um, I mean, you don't have to talk about that bunion on the side of your foot. You know, that's not necessary. So I should scratch that off the list for... Well, I am open to talking about corns, because oh, I do okay. feel like corns is an issue. So let me just modify this note I have. Okay, yeah, go oh, ahead. All right. Just cross up bunion and circle corn. Okay, done. Yeah. Good, good, good. But yeah, usually, I'm sure there's stuff, that, I'm sure there's stuff where I thought, oh, that, that makes me feel vulnerable and everything. But I find that, in general, it's a good thing, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it it starts a lot of interesting conversations with people. And like I said, people who are not into that sort of thing, they go and listen to something else. So, right. you know, but people are not as mysterious as they think they are. Everybody thinks that they're putting on this facade and presenting this picture of who they are. Yeah. You know, I've heard people say quite a bit that people don't notice the things that you think they notice, but people notice a lot. That's people true. do notice a lot. They do. I don't find it very comforting to have a, a therapist say to me, you know, people don't talk about you when they go home at night. Well, yeah, sometimes they do. <laughs> I mean, I've talked about people when I went home at night. <laughs> yeah. My, my father used to tell me when I was a kid, you know, son, people don't think about you after they go home. You know, it's not like the world doesn't revolve around you. And I thought that was sort of a... Oversimplification? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> One of those things. I can't think of the word right now, but it was... Um, Overly simple dismissal, maybe. People do that. talk about other people. Oh, people do think about yeah, other people. Absolutely. Um, so that does happen. People do think about what you when they. People do, you know, make voodoo dolls of you when they go home at night and stab them with knives and large, very large, very sharp knives. I didn't think you saw me last night, but okay. I did the, see that, and I, I wanted to bring that up in a so in a gentle sort of a way, just to you know, because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to judge you, but I sure. Well, I think like, this is the right form for that. I think you know, like yeah. we discussed before, people don't want to hear that sort of thing. I yeah. couldn't help but notice that the voodoo doll was wearing some some carpenter pants and a tempest t-shirt so i was just wondering pure coincidence okay yeah simple simple coincidence yeah Yeah. okay but maybe more on that later um now i've sidetracked myself trying to be all well i certainly helped uh, that cause well but uh, you we were talking about being open in interviews you know everybody everybody's so worried about presenting an image yeah you know, like talking about HIV or something is supposed to be sensational. That shouldn't be sensational. Right. There are millions of children in Africa who have HIV. It's a thing that you should be talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. Because we want it to not happen anymore. Yeah, and raising awareness. And raising awareness. And yeah, so I think, you know, try and have tact in interviews and mm-hmm. try not to be, try not to make it all about you. I mean, in interviews, it's supposed to be about you. Yeah, so it's, that's the you know, essence of it. Yeah, that's the essence of it. So, um, I think it's interesting to think about what makes us tick and to talk about those things. What really happened to you and and why we're acting the way we're acting. Just like I was saying about one of the other questions, you know, figure out how to get out of your own way and lead Mm -hmm. the life that you want to live. Yeah. I don't see the problem in going into those, those areas. Yeah. And there's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, um, well, the more you engage with topics like that or things that are maybe sensitive, the better it is. For yeah. you, I think, you know, yeah, yeah. even just talking on the podcast over the year plus that Brian and I have been doing the show, the more we talk about things that are of that nature, the better I feel about them or the more like we get responses that are similar to some of the responses that we've gotten in this array of listener questions. Yeah. And so you see the feedback loop and it's kind of good for everyone. Mm. And again, like you said, the people who don't have the either capacity or interest for this sort of thing mm-hmm. go elsewhere 
and that's and they, fine. And, they, and that's something that happens naturally. It's like, yeah, exactly. You know, somebody looks, turns something on. We all do it every day. Oh, I don't want to hear this shit. So you switch the channel, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. It happens all the time. Yeah. It happens quite naturally. So I think it's very interesting, though. And I think you know? a lot of, most of the things that you've said have been incredibly helpful to people. I mean, people want to talk, people want to talk to other humans. Yes. About things that they recognize as having happened on this planet in their lives as well. <laughs> yeah. The Facebook experience yeah. is mind-numbing and soul-crushing yeah it's just like you know parties jello molds you know <laughs> i mean you know yeah it's a very specific side of life you know yeah right i mean we've all seen a few meltdowns on facebook and that does help yeah sure <laughs> but, it gives us a lift yeah it gives it gives you a lift <laughs> um, but i mean this is a dialogue that's happening a lot these days about what's being presented online in, right and all this social media and everything instagram is apparently experimenting with removing the likes from photos because some people say people are getting too obsessed with getting likes i'm sure that's true but uh, i sort of like it i mean yeah <laughs> oops Ooh, well i just there fell you go. into the trap no god see that's how slippery the slope is yeah i have a neutral reaction to this <laughs> i register that something's happening i have acknowledged the phenomenon <laughs> i am moving on mike f continues with a little something lighter for us okay wants to know our favorite pj harvey song or album oh man that is a tough one is this desire is okay. incredible? Yeah, is that the it's album? A, what's the? It's a. Yeah, let me pull up the. Uh, yeah, pull up the discography album. of Polly Jean with, Harvey. The one with Elise. Yeah, hang on a second. It's I'll, a beautiful I'll, you know day, what? Elise. Or... I will uh, play a little of that. I don't remember this cut from her. You don't? Hi, it's time to warm up huh. again. So hold the stem again. Give me a nice tall neck. Okay. Is this off of? Um, Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea. That's what this one is. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. The one she did with the, the guy from the Bad Seeds. Strangely, I don't have that one. Huh. Well, that's why you don't know the song. I love how she manipulates her vocals. You don't get that many people uh, playing around with the very speed like this you know, anymore. No, I just love it. the experimentation of keeping it fresh and... Is This Desire is the album. Yeah, that's what we're listening to. Yeah, that's why we're saying the name of it, because it is what we're listening to. That's... Right. We're just trying to be helpful. Yeah. I'd love to listen to this whole song of hers, but we're going to have to go to another one. I just want to wipe some of the blood off my ear. <laughs> yeah, little... sure. No problem. Have you performed with PJ Harvey? Is that right? No. No. Okay. I've been at festivals. You know, where I, I, like, walked by the stage where she was performing? Oh, yeah. So no. I've done that. Yeah. Right. Sure. I bought one of her albums once, which felt like I was performing with her. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you have the album there? It's a beautiful dailies. Let's see. What's the one on the far right there? This one? Yeah. That's it. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm in that weird category. Ah! I spent much of my adult life exploring. I bet you have. Oh, yes, you have. Look at yeah. you. What's going on here? I'm trying to find... Oh, merch. That's what we want. We want to buy merch. Overview. What's the... Why is this... Uh... Go back to a woman and man walk by. What's the first track? Is it Blackhearted Love? Yes, it is. Blackhearted Love is one of my all-time favorites. Okay, cool. Um, so can Let's we hear, hear that?
that different than the last song we just heard, but anyway. Well, it's from the same artist, so. Sure, right. Should we hear a little bit of a, a perfect day, Elise? Yeah. And this is off of Is oh, This yeah, Desire, a perfect right? Day, Elise. A perfect day, Elise. I always get the title of the song wrong, but it's so beautiful. It's too beautiful. It confuses the brain. It confuses the mind. few albums of hers i have to catch up on um i mean every one of them is fantastic there's not there's not a, a dud in the bunch that's so, true i mean to bring you my love yeah is an incredible record incredible record um do you have a favorite off, off that one incredible um uh, hey billy yeah maybe down by the waters too easy but that's a, definitely a favorite and this album was largely recorded with uh, Mick Harvey from The Bad Seats playing most of the other instruments. Yeah, and the album that I talked about with Black Hearted Love, that's with John Parrish. That's oh, a, okay, yeah. The two of them, probably Gene Harvey. Doing most of the... And John Parrish. You know I'm
Let England shake. Yeah. The whole record. Or shake England shake. Or oh, yeah, yeah. shake dog shake from the cure. Oh, that's no, I'm right. Thinking of, I'm thinking of steak and shake. I thought it was shake and Stevens, but steak okay. and shake, actually, that might Love. be my favorite PJ Harvey song as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a good one. But I there's a, there's one called Mercy. Is it called Mercy on the... Hmm. Um, Let's see. Is it... Well, I look uh-huh, for that. Is it uh-huh, her? Let's check. Well, we check that for, record. Well, I look for that. I'm going to play one of my favorites from uh, "Rid of Me" oh, called man. "Man Size." There's two cool versions of this too. There's the one with the quintet or quartet or something, sextet, quintuplet. Or was it "Shake and Bake"? That I was thinking of "Shake and Bake." That's right. Remember, she did those promos for "Shake and Bake." The breading. She did a huge, the big tour. I think they they uh, helped her fund that opera that she did. song but we're gonna get into a little bit of this I don't need no this is shame up on uh-huh, her would be a great acquisition yeah i only have a couple of them i need those early ones because man i was living in germany i was going to school in germany Uh and listening to these nonstop, dry and rid of me yeah she and sonic youth and the pixies and throwing muses oh yeah made it possible for me to rock out and really get into wow okay yeah distortion and and noise and guitar love Mm. deep guitar love you're quite a fan of Throwing Muses, right? And Kristen Hirsch's solo work. Oh, yeah. Mm. Huge. And Belly as well. And Belly. I love Tanya Donnelly as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both amazing. That Rhode Island sound. Yeah, that Rhode Island sound. Or is it Liechtenstein? I can't remember where they're from. Liechtenstein and sound, right? Isn't that how you say it? Yeah, I think R- so. Rhode Island Steiner? It's one word. I know that. It's Rhode Island Steiner and Liechtenstein. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Mike F., thank you so much for that. Yeah, uh, good question, Mike. I love that woman. She can do no wrong. And Mike uh, concludes by saying, all the love from Portland, Oregon. Well, back at you currently from Iceland and then regular time from L.A. He adds, please come back, John, and play a show here. I sure will. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> 
Ronan Kennedy writes, Hi, Craig and John. Hi, Ronan. Hi, Ronan. I have a question for John about how the landscape and surroundings of where you are impact the music and lyrics that you produce. I've often heard Bjork speak about how the dramatic scenery and landscape in Iceland has influenced her work, but she also says she had to go to Spain to compose her most Icelandic sounding... I can't say that. But she also says that she had to go to Spain to compose her most... I- <laughs> I'm going to need a sip of water. Awesome. <laughs> That'll be on the private reel. Mm. <laughs> But she says she's also said. Uh, she, she said says, she had to sign her most Icelandic Spain in sounding as. She said she, she said Spain the is the sign of Icelandia, and the insanity is is homogenic and the homogenized insanity. Yeah. Um, so. The rest of that sentence, as it should be uh, spoken. But she also says she had to go to Spain to compose her most Icelandic-sounding album, Homogenic! Yay, there we Mm. got it. I wonder if you've had a similar experience, both in terms of the surroundings affecting composition, but also having to escape to somewhere else in order to be able to write about the place that you are from. That's a great question. Unfortunately, I... Fortunately, Craig couldn't say it, so I don't know. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm too confused at this point to be able to formulate um intelligible response but like um, hammer too legit to quit <laughs> too legit to quit so i am going to continue speaking <laughs> um it's funny i'm I, I don't know to what extent or how long it takes for someone to have perspective like that about themselves that's the only problem i have in answering that question because i i think you have to we also make up sort all sort of stories about our sound and where we think it comes from and what we think it is you know, when I'm making music, I'm not sitting there thinking about the Icelandic landscape. So I'm not sure to what extent it affects me, but I'm sure that it does. Mm-hmm, sure. I mean, it inspires me every day. Yeah. But, you know, since I'm not necessarily singing about glaciers all the time, <laughs> not all the time. Not all the time. During no. that song, I sing about them a lot. Right. That is true. I have to confirm that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know to what extent places affect me. I know. I just know that there are billions of things that I can find inspiring, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be peanut butter cream pie or... Sour uh, cream blueberry pie. Sour cream blueberry pie or just a regular, you know, lemon chiffon or lemon icebox. Cake. Mm. Uh, um, or dump cake. Or a butterscotch pie. You know. Sure, sure. Um, it could really be anything... So I really I apologize for not being able to answer your question more astutely, but it just seems like it's tough for me to have that type of perspective about myself. I'm not exactly sure how my surroundings affect me. I do know that when I was in Cornwall doing this last record, I mean, I we went out into the surroundings every day, and it was hugely inspiring. What are the surroundings of Cornwall like? I mean, just just hilly and just lush and mm-hmm. like a tropical rainforest, but not with that sort of flora and fauna just yeah more of an english setting <laughs> but just really rich greens and yeah. all sorts of different flowers and different types of trees and rivers and the moors mm-hmm. um you know old old structures ancient yeah. structures um it's really really incredible and i and i feel that way about iceland too the 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 landscape here really is stunning, so it doesn't surprise me. It's never surprised me to hear about that about Bjork's work. But I find it very difficult to say what my stuff sounds like, because I have so many things that inspire me. Sure, you know, yeah. It could be the landscape, it could be a piece of furniture, it could be a mm-hmm. color, it could be, you know, it's a word, it's a, a story. Uh, some brightly colored furniture. Some brightly colored furniture. Pink, blue, yellow. yellow. Splash of yellow. Exactly, sure, that can inspire. Um, a hot dog. Yeah. Sugar bun, crunchy onions, anything. Yeah. yeah. 
licorice blueberry bun. Certainly that. So it's it's very difficult to say. That's a very lengthy answer, I know, to say I don't know. I really apologize. <laughs> well, no, but, but I think it, that's more helpful than I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I just know that I'm that I, I can be quite inspired a lot of the time by all sorts of different things, books and architecture and music and scores and movies and mm. landscapes and people and words. And I guess it's just the usual stuff. Well, and also your music has a lot of different tones to it in that there's the electronic stuff, the more acoustic stuff. So it's quite a wide spectrum. Mm. Well, you know, yeah, so I'm glad that, that you question. yawned when I brought up your music. Cause you... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's sort of a healthy self-perspective right there. See, this is a sign of what we were talking about before, the work working, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, it works. Um, so thank you very much, uh, Ronan. Yeah, thank you, Ronan. And we move on. Oh, and, and Ronan signs off with TAK, T-A-K-K. Is that's that, correct. What is that? Is that uh, Icelandic? Thank you. Oh, okay. In Icelandic. Well, t- Ronan, TAK. I mean, you say TAK in all the Scandinavian language. Oh, you do languages, but it's spelled differently. Okay, what are the other spellings? Um, I, I just, I think I, I can only be certain about Swedish. It's T A C K. Is there any T A A K with an umlaut over something? No. Damn. But there's, I think there's T A K, just T A K, T A C K, T A double K. Okay. Norwegian and Danish look very, very, very similar in written form, but sound totally different. Um, oh, when spoken. When spoken. Oh. Nina Kinsey has another question for us. Her earlier one was a little on the heavy side, and she wants to know if she can ask another less silly question, and the answer is no. Sorry, Nina. But you know, Actually, no. We'll make an exception for her, right? Absolutely. We'll get one silly thing in on yeah. the show. We've sort of shied away from that. Well, also because the name Nina is one of the great names. So. That's true. So you got a lot going for you, Nina. Yeah. Does being on tour a lot make it harder to stay sober, or are there so many distractions and new things to see that it takes your mind off of the subject? That's, um, that's interesting. That's a very good question. Thank you for that, Nina. It can make it harder uh, sometimes. Mm -hmm. But usually, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not susceptible, but I don't really have a problem with drinking and drugs when I'm out on tour. I mean, sometimes, I mean, a lot of that stuff is around, of course, Mm -hmm. at times, depending on where you are but um, and who you're with. But I don't really... And there are times when I think, gosh, I wish it was, I wish I had some of these, still had some of these toys in order to just shut my brain off as quickly as I used to be able to. Sure. So sometimes I do glorify about that, but then I sort of think it, think it through to the end and what the end result was. And then that makes me, you know, nauseous and I don't really have that desire anymore. (laughs) So I just sort of think it through, but um, it can be, I don't really feel like there's been a lot of temptation for me out on tour. I I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it is. And it's it's just not bad, especially, you know, the longer you get sober, um, the easier it becomes. But you're always vigilant because there's plenty of people out there who have been sober for a very long time who have, you know, had some of their worst benders after thinking, you know, having the thought, it can't happen to me now. Right. Robin Williams is, I think it's fairly well documented, had a really bad relapse right. a few years before he died. That can b- make it very, very difficult for people to go back into sobriety because of the a lot of the shame that's connected to screwing up after such a long time. Sure, but of course, that's what it's all about—is not, you know, judging people. And I mean, it can happen to anybody, right? But yeah, I, I don't know. I feel pretty good out on tour, but I also don't go hang out in bars necessarily either, which you is know? helpful. Yeah. You know, I don't really hang out in atmospheres where I feel uncomfortable or where it's difficult for me to abstain from things. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it comes to like crazy 
destructive sexual behavior, that can be a lot more tempting out on tour, I mm -hmm. think, than any of the substance stuff because there's always a lot of hotties around wherever you go. And sometimes you may think you're on vacation. But I don't know, being in a relationship, I was in, you know, my relationship that I was in for several years, um, four years to be exact, was monogamous. So I just, you know, made that decision for myself that I wasn't going to screw around on him because yeah. I, I knew that I wouldn't be able to keep it from him. I'd have to tell him at some point. Sure. And I just couldn't imagine doing that to him or the look right. on his face. Right. So that, you know, whenever I was really, really tempted and there were times when I really, really was, I just didn't do it because I couldn't stand the thought of hurting somebody, you know, that way. Or the attendant shame that would go with it even leading up to discussing it. Like there's so many bad things when there's you mentioned so many before bad things from it. Yeah. When you mentioned before thinking things through, I think that's a great thing to uh, emphasize because and maybe this is something that comes with age. I found this to be true. Yeah. It's incredibly helpful, possibly the most uh, effective tool that there is to think about what's going to happen. If you do a B or C. Yeah. Sometimes it, it can be, uh, it will come out because you won't be able to deal with it. Usually. Yeah. No, right, exactly. And if you don't deal with it or just try and ignore it, it festers somehow. It'll come out in some other way. It comes out in some other way. So um, that's probably the most difficult thing. Mm -hmm. Thinking things through can also be helpful in the way of um, overcoming anxieties about things. Yeah. A person might be terrified by a simple social engagement. Like I was counseling a friend the other day about going to someone's birthday party. They didn't know if they knew a lot of people that were going to be there. And I just was saying, well, you know this person, so just go and say hi to them. And then I was like, well, you'll be able to leave if it's a, not a good scene. And then she goes, yeah. it's on a boat. And I went, okay, fair point. <laughs> fair point. <laughs> then I said, well, think about it. Have you met some of her other friends? Well, yeah, briefly. I'm like, yeah, but they're her friends, right? And she's the birthday girl. So your odds are of having a decent time, at least a, a, a survivable time yeah. are okay. And also I think i was able to do that because i've done that with myself about things i don't i can't think of specific examples but if you think of something that's daunting that's a good thing to do you can talk yourself out of it so it's mm -hmm. good to apply that line of thinking to everything yeah. i think they say play the tape to the end yeah right that one, you know, that's like, a good one um, I, I really like that one i feel like also sometimes you need to you know if, if you have a gut feeling like this isn't something that i want to do it's not my mantra in life, screw other people and do whatever's best for you. Because, you know, you can get into some really... Um, Hairy make situations. Make some really bad yeah. choices like yeah. that. You know? Yeah, sure. But, um, you know, sometimes, a lot of times you need to go out of your comfort zone and do things that you're afraid to do. And sometimes you need to listen to your gut and say, no, I don't want to be in this position tonight. Right. I'm not in a good spot for this tonight. Or I simply don't want it for myself. That's right. And, and, and allow yourself to do that. That's a big thing. Just say, you know what? And if somebody's feelings are going to be hurt because you didn't show up and you said you would, that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. Because again, that gets back to the codependency stuff, which exactly, you know, can be a very gray area, but still. You can't be anything for other people if you're not taking care of yourself. So think about that. Remember, you can't be anything for anybody at any time, right? My mother used to tell me, you know, John, you can't have anything you want. And that's something that's always stuck with me. I think it's a beautiful truism. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being so generous with your time and thoughts on this uh, episode of Listener Questions, which I think is at least a two-parter. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I appreciate people writing in. So is there anything yeah, we nice. want to sully this with? Any uh, thoughts that we might want to sort of taint this um, procedure with? 
I can't think of anything right now. I have become rather peckish. Uh, you know, I could uh, I could uh, do with a meal myself. Yeah. So why don't we sign off? And uh, thank you again, John. Craig, it's a huge pleasure. Thanks for coming all this way to hang out. We've had a blast this week. and A wonderful time, and really. thank you all out there for listening. It's, it's a lot of fun. And thank, thank you. you again for uh, hosting me, for the invite, everything. It's been really, really wonderful. I'm very thankful awesome. for it in, in every way. And uh, I look forward to our next hang. Totally. Me too. 